Hey geeks, Sam here. Thanks for listening to our audio only content. To enjoy the original videos, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and Facebook group, both under Grown A Geeks. Thanks again. Warning, the following audio may contain coarse language and other materials that may not be suitable for a younger audience. The opinions expressed in this audio are solely those of the speakers involved. The conversations may contain spoilers for current media such as games, comics, movies, television shows, and more. Grown A Geeks makes no claim to ownership of the various media discussed, simply the opinions expressed. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Get that disclaimer up there and out the way. Just so everybody knows the following audio may contain coarse language and other materials that may not be suitable for a younger audience. The opinions expressed in this audio are solely those of the speakers involved. May contain spoilers for current media such as games, comics, movies, television shows, and more. Grown A Geeks makes no claim to ownership of the various media discussed, just the opinions expressed. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, folks, what's going on? How you doing? It's your boy here, Sam. We are doing our Wednesday or weigh in Wednesdays. That's the uh, new live show I'm trying to host. Uh, won't be every Wednesday. Want to try to do it at least twice a month and see what we can do to, um, you know, get a little bit more from the group. Get some people involved. Get some get some things going and. That is the that is the plan. That is the hope here. Um, I, I made Grenade Geeks a while back, and the whole point of Grenade Geeks was I got kind of tired of some of the stuff that was happening in other groups and wanted to hone in on the things that I like. Um, and as a result of that, we're here. Uh, if someone would be so kind as to shoot me a comment and just let me know if I've got audio, I feel like I've got audio, but Normally, I have other people in here to let me know. So if you could just shoot me that, uh, just a quick comment, just a thumbs up, something like that, that would be awesome. Um, so Weigh-In Wednesdays. Weigh-In Wednesdays is, thank you, Facebook user. I appreciate it. Um, that was Jeffrey. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff, you got to jump in here and join me at some point. You know, I'll just be rambling otherwise. But uh, the idea is to, you know, talk and discuss different things, all geek content, all geek related stuff that has been going on. Um, there's a lot happening in the world of geekdom and there's a lot happening in the group. We have a lot of discussions. Um, one of the very interesting 
conversations I saw the other day. <laughs> so I was just scrolling through the group, doing my admin duties and checking on some of the comments and such. Um, there was a very interesting discussion regarding uh, the new, I think it's a new Pixar film. Uh, <laughs> no, it won't be a Superman lecture. No, we're, we're not, we're not going to have a Superman lecture. Y'all already know how I feel about it. You can look and see how I feel about it. So I won't do that to you today. Um, but there was an interesting conversation regarding um, the new Lightyear movie. And there was there was some some unique perspectives that were that were coming from that. And fortunately, I got a great group of people. They were able to keep it civil. There was a difference of opinion, but they seemed to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anybody that wants to. Wants to know about how I feel about Superman, just watch our show therapy. Of course, you know, we're on YouTube. And this should be broadcasting live on YouTube as well. Um, also on our Twitch and here on Facebook. So you can you can see exactly what we got going on. Um, but that was an interesting conversation with their uh, not therapy, but with the light year, the content, the conversation that was happening with light year. Uh, apparently. There is a same sex kiss that was taking place in the movie and they cut it and now they're putting it back in. Um, that, you know, the article from IGN, you can go, you can check it out. We've got it in the group. Uh, so you can go, you can check it out there and see what the hoopla was about. You know, feel free to leave an opinion and let us know what you think about that. Throw some comments in there. That post got kind of popular. It was, it was jumping. And uh, that was interesting. That was interesting. But again, I just wanted, I want to give a shout out to everyone who participated in the conversation, difference of opinions, but people were actually able to, you know, keep their opinions, express what they thought and did exactly what we're supposed to do. They were all grown a geeks about it and they, they had a conversation. Um, so that was pretty cool. There's some other, other things happening. Um, I know there was an article that just came out talking about uh, some new casting for a new Batman villain. We should be seeing um, one of the actors from Supernatural. He's going to be taking on the role of Two-Face. So maybe we'll get something other than what we got from Tommy Lee Jones. I like the Tommy Lee Jones iteration. I just like Tommy Lee Jones, I think. So maybe that's maybe that's what it is. But I also kind of like that movie. I'm not going to lie. Um, mainly because I grew up on it. You know, it was something I remember watching back in the day when we did not have an MCU. And we were happy to get anything superhero related for our viewing pleasure. Um, now it's a little bit more common and. We expect our expectations have really gone up and that's, you know, nothing wrong with that. Expectations should go up at some point simply because there's a reason for the expectation to go up. Um, you know, the MCU has really set the standard for what people expect when they think of comic book movies. But, you know, there were a lot of comic book movies before the MCU came along. You know, I remember back in the day there was a Punisher movie starring, starring Dolph Lundgren. And that was the Punisher for ever. 
for the longest time. Then Thomas Jane came along and he did it. And so, you know, that was something different. We had live action Masters of the Universe, also starring Dolph Lundgren. Um, so seeing this geek culture come front and center now and with the creation of the MCU, you know, because even, even around the time of Blade and all the X-Men movies, we were getting bits and pieces here and there. You know, you go back before that and you have um, the, you know, 1989 Batman. You go before that, you have Superman. It's been around for a while, but the MCU came in and the way they did it really set the standard for what a cinematic universe should be, I guess. You know, we'll call it what it is. And not everybody has been able to um, successfully create a universe. Universal tried it. It didn't work. DC bombed it, you know, and they had great characters to do it with and yet it, it didn't quite work out um, I'm going to post the link for this for anybody who wants to join in I'm going to post the link in the comments and uh, you are welcome to join in it's a StreamYard link. You click that, it brings you in. You know, you want to have your audio good. You want to have your video together. Um, we are live. So make sure you've got your backgrounds and everything correct. I'll be coming in here all willy-nilly. Um, I don't have much of a delay, so to speak. So <laughs> I need y'all to do right, please. But um, I, I'm going to have some admins come through. So while we're here, there'll be plenty of people to to join in and be with us. Um, but, you know, getting back, we, we there's. There's been a number of attempts at creating cinematic universes uh, when the mummy came out with Tom Cruise. The idea of that was to restart a cinematic universe and they were going to have Frankenstein, the mummy, probably the invisible man, all the universal monsters from back in the day where Boris Koloff was. Um, and we're going to bring all those, those people front and center and try to have a, a whole universe. We've got our first, oh, look at that. I love my green room. And I've got, oh, this is one of my favorite people right here, y'all. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. She is my co-host of Why Did I Watch That? She was a part of my top fives. Y'all know her, y'all love her. Say hello to Dadija. Hey. What's going on, girl? Lot of nothing. Lot of nothing. I, I, hey. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna run a sale. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into our merch page and I'm gonna knock everything down to cost because I'm not trying to make money on the shirt. I just want people to be proud and represent and show their thing. So um, give me the rest. Give me tonight because I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> but tomorrow, find the link for the merch. Everything is going to be a cost. Come in, get all your stuff, rack up and represent represent our brand. You know what I'm saying? Let people know about Grown A Geeks. And I'll throw some stickers on there with some QR codes or something. I'll make something so that people can come and you can share and help build the group because I've got a plan. I've got a vision and we're going to see that vision through. 
Sundanesia. What have you been watching lately? What what movies have you been watching? You know what? I actually I just started watching Young Justice again because I know the yeah, right? <laughs> All right. Because I was like, I have to catch up because the new season is coming out, right? So right. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I forgot. There was a lot that happened that I forgot. Like I literally went all the way back to the beginning and started. So um, I'm just at the place with Connor. I'm not gonna say just in case I don't I spoil it for somebody. <sighs> yeah, else. yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Oh. Yeah. So oh. but I'm I just, still trying I'm to like, figure out what's going on. I with love DC cartoons so much. So much. So great. So that's literally what I've been watching every night. So I know somebody else that's real good with um, Justice League, Young Justice, and such, and he likes that that teenage angle. And I and it's he's actually got me a little bit more accepting of the stuff that I like as a result. But that's the part of being grown a geek. You <laughs> like it, you know you like it. And it's okay to like it. Yeah. Y'all welcome, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff is the host up, of our show <laughs> therapy. Yeah, uh, their IP where we, at, what is it where we we put them on the couch and we find out what's wrong? <laughs> yeah, I just you know I think uh, being a geek, you know, there's so much good IP out there, and sometimes it's just like people have good ideas about what could be done with it, what could be improved, and I just like having those kinds of hypothetical conversations. I like all my conversations to be solutions oriented so i don't really like just being like this is trash this sucks blah blah blah. <laughs> you know i i want to i want to get to like if you think it sucks what would you do you, to you should you should be able to have like some sort of vision of what you thought it should be and not just like sitting there being like i guess that's the artist in me because i was i was taught to critique and so it's like part of critique is you stand in front of everyone and they tell you the truth and then they stand in front of you and you tell them the truth. And it it creates a level of respect when talking about art because you 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 talk you you learned how to talk about art in a setting where uh you had to you had to say what you had to say face to face. Yeah. But it's out of it respect wasn't, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it wasn't just like getting online and like trashing something and talking about how much it sucked and it's trash <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. You know, because like if I'm talking, like if you're in a critique, if you're in a class, right, and you do a critique, everybody had the same assignment. There's like everybody had an assignment with the same parameters. So I'm speaking from a space of I have the same parameters as you. So I know in a sense, what you should have been trying to achieve with what you were doing, mm-hmm. right? And and I think like, I just, and so I think that's just how I think about art when, I, if, if I'm going to critique it, that's the way I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it in terms of like, what would I say if this person asked me face to face for an honest answer? And like, what what would I have done differently that, because that's to me what's, what would make me feel like I, I wish something else would have happened. It's yeah. like the only director that I publicly like shit on is M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> He'll never get another dollar from me as long as I live. I, I don't I, even know if I watch anything of his on streaming services. People been telling me about Glass and this and that. And no, no. Oh, you didn't even watch Glass? I have not watched anything since uh, The Last Airbender. <gasps> yeah. And that's, but you know what? And I that's never fa- will. Unless I accidentally fair. watch something and then at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. it says M. Night Shyamalan. 
I well, I okay, so I get that. You got to sneak it in my food, like I get that. And I understand that. Oh no, it's like split. Right, split. Those are those are different. James McAvoy. Oh my god. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. I, I like. I like Sam Jackson. I liked him as Mr. Glass. I, I've read the synopsis of what happened on on um, Wikipedia, and <laughs> it would have been an interesting movie to watch, but no. never, I, ooh, never right. again. It's funny you say because, because the mistakes that he made on the last Airbender were mistakes were very of negligence. It's it was it was no, like it was very gross yeah. negligence. Yeah. One. Yeah. This is not like a book where we don't know how these characters' names are pronounced. It's based on a cartoon. We have watched and, and heard these characters. Multiple seasons. And fallen in love with them. And we know them by certain names, not in spelling, but in pronunciation. Because like with a book, it could be like, oh, well, we were saying Aang because we were just Americanizing it. But it was actually, no. Like... His name is Ang. It don't matter because we've heard Ang, 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 Ang. So what is Ang? What is Kotar? What is Soko? Who are these people? Who are they? Yeah. Who who signed off? Who heard this? And who at Nickelodeon heard that and was like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Honestly, you, I would have watched. A- I would have watched day one. I would have watched day one footage and be like, why is everybody pronouncing everybody's name incorrectly? Have you mm-hmm. watched the cartoon? Has anybody here watched the cartoon? Like what are we doing? They Number saw two, why are we hiring? He had he had enough of a reputation. He had enough of a name bes- behind him. No, but he was getting on all these up. interviews saying how much he loved the show and how much he he watched it with his kids. He was he sold I mean, us on how big of a fan no, he was. It was Cap. Yeah, he sold us on it. He picked some kid who just shaved his head bald and sent in an audition video to be the star instead of finding an actor. Who could like actually embody Aang and teach him? Bring okay, you want that kid? Cool, he could be the body double. But when it's time to act, when it's time to talk, I need an actor. I need somebody who can like express these roles. And he was the saddest Aang on earth, and that's not who Aang is. And I don't blame him because he did what he was supposed to do. He had a dream and he went for it. I blame the adults and the professionals <laughs> who put him in that position by hiring him, even though he was clearly not right for the role outside of the Kung Fu. Make him a stunt double, let's move on. And so I I, I, I felt so disrespected. I never in my had Shyamalan, the opportunity to like unleash on this movie. And this was yeah. No, I felt Continue. so disrespected. I honestly, I want to do. Honestly, I want to do an episode of. I want to do this for an episode of. Uh, why did I watch? Why did I watch, I watch this? But I was about to watch it the other day, and Mackenzie, my wife, she was like, "Do not." She's like, "Do not put that movie." I can let me say something. I can honestly see the anger and frustration yeah. in your face as you're talking. Okay, about let me this. also let me also paint the scene of why I'm, I'm so mad about it. First of all, I love the cartoon. That's like number one. Like everybody knows, that's like dope cartoon. Probably my favorite. It probably it might be my favorite cartoon of all time. Okay. Okay. Number two, me and my then fiance, but now wife, we were long distance. I was in L.A. She was at Stanford, um, doing like her grad stuff. This was my birthday weekend. I went up to visit her, and. I was just like, 
I, I know like we, we're dev, we're hanging out, we're doing all this stuff, but I have to see this movie. Like I absolutely have to see this movie. I read, I, I fucked up and read reviews and everybody's like, it's terrible. It's terrible. And I, I was, I was, you don't understand. Cause you didn't watch the cartoon. man. Please. You, you just didn't get and And, so and all, all the trailers, all the trailers, it looked, it looked like Avatar in real life. You watching the trailers, and then now when you think back about it, nobody was talking in any of those trailers. None of those trailers were like scenes of people talking and things happening. It was all like voiceover and action and whooshing and bending and all that stuff. He pulled the David Blaine on us. He tricked us. <laughs> he fooled us. He lied to us. And that's and he was. And he will never get another dollar from me ever. I don't even care if somebody go and they tell me the movie was good. Fool me once. Okay. Well, when I it's something important. We'll have to do that. DC, I'm going to keep coming back for Batman because, you know, everybody likes to watch a car crash. But because <laughs> I ain't seen the new one yet. So I ain't talking um, about that one. I'm gonna see I think you'll enjoy it. I think I've you'll heard, enjoy I've it. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard, but I'm trying to like let it cool off a little bit now because I feel like I've heard it hyped up so much. I'm scared like I'm gonna go see it like with too critical of it. I don't think it's the hype that it has is necessary, but I I, it wasn't not. I will say this while I enjoyed the movie, when I got a chance to talk with Denisha. The very first thing she told me was that I like the movie because I am not a Batman fan. And I was hurt when she said that because I'm a comic fan. And, you know, I read all like Batman has some of the most he has some of the dopest graphic novels. And I did find myself in a situation. OK, I see. I see you there. I did find myself in a situation where I was able to point and be like, oh, I understand. It. Oh, I know that. Oh, OK. You know, and I, and I did enjoy that part of it. And I said as much. But she really gave me a breakdown about it that put it in perspective. And while it didn't change my opinion, I can certainly see the flaw now. And the one, the very first thing, and this is this is just my opinion. And I, but I said this even if like if you've seen it, you want to go back, you watch. I said then it was long. And I know why it was long, and I know where they should have stopped it. <laughs> If Where they had just said they should have stopped, it was perfectly, yeah. If they had just pulled the rug out from up under me and left it right there, wink, not, not. Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been so awesome. And because that would have given us something good for the next one. Yeah. I just, I just throw it there because I, I feel very confident we will get another one. Oh, yeah. We will see. The I just Batman. saw a post where there was rumors about um, who is it? Is it five from from um, Umbrella Academy? Yeah, doing Robin. You know what? And that got me excited. Everybody said he should have been Robin just yeah. from watching it. Like yeah. he is, he is perfect as a Damian Wayne type. Yes. Yeah, I would definitely I would be Damian. All Damian. Yeah, I I think. My issue with that, I'm not going to be convinced that he is young enough and Robert Pattinson's not old enough. Yeah, and that, that that's dynamic. where the problem's going to come in because I think so, he would fit perfectly in that world that they're creating. 
I think he would be a perfect Robin in that situation. But like you said, it does need to be Damien. So I, I don't even know how you could time skip that yeah. to make it work. But I think he's one of those actors. He might just kind of like Michael J. Fox it and, and look like a baby forever. So it might work out. He looks like I do look want like them to pull that Michael Keaton thread um, and, and do a Batman Beyond-ish type of thing. I think we're 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 missing uh, an opportunity there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right, we got a uh, Jeff joining us again, so he's hopping back in. My bad, M Night. Uh, M Night tried to silence me. Cut <laughs> <laughs> my Wi-Fi. Yo, yo, yo. The M Night agenda. He's wow. deep. He's Google deep in Home with the state. Listening. That was your app. Your not Amazon. What is it? The uh, Alexa. Yeah, he was listening in, and M Knight was notified, so he hit a button and made things happen. Yeah, I was trying to show y'all. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I did support. I bought the black shin figure. I always do if I see it in there. They black. I gotta get it. Gotta get no, it. She way. was dope. She was definitely a, a was bright great. spot of the movie. You will not be disappointed with with her. Um, I'm yeah. I'm not as mad at her as I usually be because she was in because in Kimmy she had a black boyfriend finally so. I was like, all right. That's the new I one on Netflix. That. Yeah. Uh, Amazon. HBO. A oh, HBO Max. HBO yeah. Max. Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? That's in my queue to watch. And I actually kind of like the concept of that. I like a lot of those. It's really good. I, you know what? Anything that falls under like that Black Mirror umbrella. Mm hmm. Yeah, I watched. I, I was listening. Love robots. I love that. I listened to a podcast that did a review on Kimmy, and one of the hosts described it as like "Enemy of the State" meets like Bubble Boy. It's not, it's not a comedy, but it's like you know. It's, it's, wow! And, okay. and if you watch it, if you well, watch that's it, that makes make sense. me want to watch it though. Right? Like, wait, yeah, that's an interesting mashup. That's. Wow. He said another movie too that was like more tech based, but yeah, Black Man Can't Jump. That's a great podcast. I'm like friends mm -hmm. with one of those guys, and I mean I like all those guys. I was actually a guest on their podcast too. So go ahead and check out that. Or what were you talking about? We uh, reviewed um, the Five Bloods, the Spike Ooh, Lee movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. Okay. You know, if you want to go back and listen, they got a lot of really good episodes. I definitely would recommend if any episode I would so I would recommend listening to like if you're gonna listen to an old one, definitely listen to uh in the heat of the night. Cause when they talk about Sidney Poitier slapping that white man. Oh, the original <laughs> in the heat of the night. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> TV That's show? a they we need to watch that every year on Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> that needed we need like we need to create like a black movie. We need to create like a black movie um, playlist for like all the holidays. Oh, like, so, like the, we got the like moment of Christmas Diane movie. Carroll and Dynasty telling right. that woman that her champagne. Exactly. Like burnt. on Juneteenth, we just watch all the like ratchet <laughs> black stuff where we just be like, or you know what? Just have a movie every day and every day for the month of February. Yeah. Oh, we definitely got to do that. We could do that. Um, we could watch Just Another Girl on the IRT. I love that movie. That was a great movie. That taught me a lot. That's why I ended up not being it. a teen mother. 
Now you know what's you know what's kids, really interesting. Kids was what scared me. Kids, kids scared the hell out of me. Like Ros- I was about to say, Rosario Dawson got me early because kids, like wow, that was. I was like, early. I get it, but yeah. it's not. And even um, it's not worth the cast. You know what? I I used to like many moons ago. I was a manager at Blockbuster, and I had um, I was like a, a assistant, old. like I am. I'm I'm an elder geek. All that salt. Um, do you watch Craig in the Creek? I do. Is that where you got I elder? I love from? I love Craig in the Creek. Is that where you got elder from? The elder geek thing? Because like yeah. the three like teenagers did call themselves. Yeah, that's the elders. that's that's where it came from. Because I'd be like, yeah. w- number five used to talk about like her older sisters, like what yeah. she became a teen. Yeah, that, that didn't have the same flair, but the elders. And they would just yeah. teenage, like so, yeah. Elder Geek, and I watched Dude, a lot that of show. Stand-up comedy, and yeah. so, where is that at? Cartoon Network. Okay. Yeah. Craig it's a show about a little watching, black kid. Um, <laughs> I just started watching Human Resources. I started. I've been watching that too. I watched like four episodes. That's <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with that, me that I continue to watch these things? That world that Nick Kroll has built with just like how he has how he's personifying like human conditions is really fascinating to me i mean this all the sex stuff is kind of oh, like, all right check this well, see, out. big big mouth is kind of like uh i think human resources is like really smart like really it's a smart show because like you said like it's getting into like the human psyche and how we deal with things i think i think it's a lot smarter yeah. of a show than big mouth I think that every I think big I think big mouth should be required viewing for any parent of like a 10 year old. Yes, because it is one of those things where it's like like middle school was not especially terrible for me. I don't remember it being like an overly terrible time, but like I went through I mean, I I dealt with stuff and I was dealing with stuff kind of like on my own because like I was being raised with my grandmother. So she Mm -hmm. definitely forgot what it was like to be like. <laughs> 12 because when she and when she was 12 12 was different 12 was like raising kids yeah you know what i mean yeah. and so um just like who you know you need to remember what how awkward it feels the first time you ever like a girl mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta watch people you know personify that so you can remember maybe how you felt and you can deal with it better <laughs> With your and then kids. dealing with adults' interpretation of puberty and like yeah. them, t- them trying to explain to you what's going to happen to your body, but not quite yeah. explaining everything. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing like you know, there's some shit your kids can handle by themselves. Yeah. Like if you do a lot of the work early, I'm starting to see at least with my four year old, it's like he's, I think he's pretty good at self regulating sometimes for a four year old. <laughs> You know, he's still but four. Let me but, tell you something. I've yeah. got a 24-year-old, a 23-year-old, and a 21-year-old. You have to start early. Yeah. Because when they get to a certain point, like, it is it is so amazing to me that, like, my daughter calls me and talks to me the way she calls me and talks to me. Right. And updates me on everything. Mm-hmm. Stuff I don't want to know about, yeah. I get updated on, and I love that we have that relationship. And she is one of those people. Like eventually, when this is like a big booming, like when this is what I do for a living, 
Everybody go subscribe to my YouTube. Y'all can find us, Grown A Geeks. These are some of Grown my co-hosts. You know what I'm saying? So, like, get there. And um, when we get to that point, like, she will be my social media manager. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she's she's so attentive to different things, but it's just like my boys, and it's it's really a thing. I think sometimes you hear people say, like, you know, raising boys is easier than raising girls. It's all hard. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's all hard. Right. And it really does make a difference to like set the foundation for your kids, whatever it may be. And I think one of the biggest things that I learned as I be, as I got older that I'm really like trying to instill in them is be your true self. Mm-hmm. And I know I harp on this and y'all hear me say this all the time, but it's like that is where grown a geeks came from. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of people ask me if I was having like a midlife crisis and I was like, no, I'm just embracing my truth. This was my right. Caitlyn Jenner moment. I'm like, you know what? I'm a geek. Oh, Lord, I'm sure there was a better reference. There was a better reference, but I want people to understand the point of it. I want them to understand. It could have been a butterfly coming out of a cocoon. Or, but that's but funny that you say that. <laughs> because The thing is, it's like, it really is a situation of living my truth. And we talked about last time on our last episode of Way In Wednesdays, we talked about what it was like to grow up geek. And yeah. there was that challenge because that stigma was there. Yeah. And I'm an elder geek. That stigma was there. I went through a whole phase where nobody knew this group of friends I had and the mm-hmm. things I did with those friends. And these friends over here, you know, because like when I was in high school, I played sports. I played football. I sucked at basketball. I wrestled. I was an ROTC. I did it all. I wouldn't say I was necessarily popular, but I was very well known because I did a lot. Everybody knew my face and, you know, I got along with a lot of people. These friends over here, those were the popular people and I was friends with them. So I went to all the parties and things like that. Plus I had a car. So, you know, I had to drive the popular kids to the party. That's why I got the invite. I'm not foolish. I know what happened. It's cool. I'm good with it. Um, a little bitter, but you know, yeah, I was about to say, it's not a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, but we moved Love it. You put Sam on the therapy couch. But yeah, (laughs) but it was also one of those things where it was like when I would hang out with these friends over here, there was no facade, there was no pretending. And as I got older, I just got to the point where I just started pretending less and less and less. And one day, Grown A Geeks was created, and I just there was no more pretending. And that's funny that that was your epiphany because me joining Grown A Geeks made me realize I was a geek because I didn't think so. I'm like, oh yeah, I watch cartoons all the time and I, I read. A honestly, comic you're and I'm a honestly obsessed with Batman, and then I'm like, oh god. <laughs> can, I tell you, can I tell you something? Honestly, of all the people who I knew in Grown A Geeks, like before Grown A Geeks, you are the person I was like most surprised to see very <laughs> active in the group. Just because, like, in high school, I mean, but we didn't really have, like, a geek scene in high school. No, it was kind of just, like, some people drew, people talked about cartoons, what, it was, like, whatever. But there was no, like, we playing Naruto cards, like, but see, every day. At but again, that is the us, point. Because, it wasn't you know, mainstream. Jeff and I were in Magnet. 
Yeah. Um, so there was just a different air anyway. I mean, we was smart, but yeah. we wasn't like, but I mean, even across the whole school, it I was like for me, like I was, I was a program challenge. Like I was, a, I was the same like you, Sam. Like I wasn't popular, but like people knew who I was, but people knew who I was because I could draw. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was like my whole thing. So even me being a geek helped that because like, what was I drawing? Comic book characters. And then, I mean, then I'm like drawing girls. <laughs> that was like, I'm hoping that would be my way in. Wait, was that, was that the equivalent of you playing the acoustic guitar? Kind of. Nah, because my acoustic like, guitar was a, draw a mix you. CD. <laughs> like, I'm mix draw CD? You, and that was and my mix CDs be fire. See, what I would do is no, make I a mix CD, then draw the cover. I remember one of the first things, like when we... 360. Oh, thank you. Somebody's so happy they're a part of this fun group. And that's that's the point, you know, yeah. like we, we and and there was a conversation I had with somebody recently about the age cap. And the thing is, like I've I've realized that I've become the the old man <laughs> in that I'm like, you kids don't know what it's like. <laughs> you got it good today. You got Cartoon Network when I was your age. We had to get up on Saturday mornings. Yeah. That was the only day we had cartoons. You know, and it's it's like although I am very much against the gatekeeping and oh, Russell, hey. Hi, Russell. Let me okay. Right, I'm gonna give a shout out, Russell. I need you to list your books. Russell is an author and has written like I love Born Identity and everything Robert Ludlum. I've read pretty much all of his stuff. I'm about to start getting into Lee Childs because this Jack Reacher show was like, okay, Ooh, I need to read it's this. So good. I was like, I need to read this. Yeah, this it's is so good. good. And Hey, I'm I'm doing great. What's going on? How you doing? Um, but hey. Russell is an author, and he has written some great books, okay. and they are spy thriller. They're available. Um, I'm gonna have him do a whole like appreciation. I'm gonna do a whole appreciation post for him and whatnot, just because it, it was it was fantastic. But um, I'll go off on a whole tangent just for that. <laughs> um, somebody, I'll be the old man. See, <laughs> I appreciate it, but that doesn't turn back the hands of time. <laughs> I, I wish I'm not going to do the just for men. Somebody said I should. Somebody, oh, more no, people said don't. Great, like I, I've earned every one of these. Okay, yeah, no, I keep it. Um, yeah, Jack Reacher was a. Great it, it's show. so good. And you know what's really funny? I believe that is it. So first off, Alan Rickton did such an amazing job as that character. It's such a shame to hear that that was Raphael from the reboot Ninja Turtles. He's in tight. He's on the TV show Titans. And if you have Man, HBO rough. Max, check that out. Yeah. He, he big boy. He, he like six, five. This is my first time. Like corn fed. Like yeah. he wasn't good. Like, I get I it. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Like it's cool. Wife wanted to watch Reacher. I was like, all right, yeah, okay. It's it's a good show, so we go watch it. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And it's like I can't even be bad because it's it's a good show. Yeah, yeah, I'm not um, I'm not confident enough 
in myself. <laughs> oh, did you guys watch the boys' uh, cartoon yet? What is it? Di- Diabolical. Diabolical. Oh my god! That was so good. I need it's more episodes so of that. It's so good. I need more episodes of that. Russell's yeah. goal is for his books not only bestsellers but become movies. I could, I could definitely we see. We can get behind that. I could definitely see his books being movies. They are, they are because they're good spy mystery thrillers and things like that. So they would work. They would work a lot better than this crap Roberto had me watch for the <laughs> next episode of Why Did I Watch That? Blacklight. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear Rob talk about this movie. I've not heard Roberto go in on so many things, but for the just to give you the same energy, the way Jeff felt about M Night, the the way you felt about the Last Airbender is clearly how he felt about Blacklight. Like he took that personal. Well, it kind of sounds how I feel about Nicolas Cage. So I understand. I I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying. We're not going to talk about it. That does remind me. We do have to check out. I have to find this. Let me find this article real quick because he posted something talking about Rotten Tomatoes gave Nicolas Cage's new movie. I do not care. I do not care. I'm like Jeff. I will not watch it. I do not I care. I will watch it just because. He owes I have me. to. Okay. I, you know what? Let me figure out how to do this real quick because I just want everybody to see this. <gasps> Denisha, hey, okay, so Denisha, do you want to go in the green room real quick? You need a break? You need to get a refill? All right. Oh. I'm going to do this. I'm going to share this screen just so you can see this at the same time. We're going to look at this live uh, as soon as I figure out what screen I have. And at. I heard, is this Pig or this? No, this is another movie, right? This is not Pig. Yeah. Because I heard Pig was good too. I do not care. I do not care. The unbearable weight of massive talent got oh, this the one hundred. But it's like him being himself, like right. It right. Yes. In fact, the idea. I don't care. It's like being see, but it puts me in the mind of being John Malkovich. Do not dare. Nah, it's like talented Mr. Ripley. I'm not gonna say that it's good. Like, oh, my chair just fell. I'm short. Let me fix that. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I've not seen the it. audience score. I don't care. I don't care. I get that. I get that. And I'm not trying to convince you. I am not the one to try to convince you. I will watch it. I am not asking you to watch it, but know that I am going to watch this just because Nicolas Cage has a 100 show. We'll do an episode. Denisha has to say something nice about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it will figure it out. But oh my god, that he is... owes me for Bangkok Dangerous. He can kiss my whole ass. Nah, you nah, you gotta blame yourself. That looked bad. <laughs> and the he name of the movie the didn't even that you can tell they didn't even think about the name of the movie. It Bangkok Dangerous is not even something. That's a whole trend because I have found as we've been doing this, why did I watch that? None of these titles have shit to do with the movie. Yeah. It's because somebody. It's because they had a different title, and they didn't know somebody already had that name. <laughs> and they had to fucking spin a wheel. I believe. Like, it. Oh, I believe. Me, let me, me, me tell you something. We need a country and an adjective. <laughs> Throw it out there. Let's go, guys. You will not mad lib a, a movie title. That's what they be doing. That's you know what I'm gonna believe that. That's exactly what's happening. Um, 
Hey, we got somebody watching us from Twitch. Thank you for joining us on Twitch. We're there on Twitch. You can find us under gag underscore gamers, capital G for both. Um, so thank you. Shout out to whoever's watching us on Twitch. I don't know if you can send comments, but if you can, feel free. We can yeah, shout you out directly in group. Uh, I really need to like fix our Twitch. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front. I I made the Twitch a long time ago because this group is like maybe six years old, five years old. I made the Twitch and I was playing video games all the time then. I don't have that kind of time now. And I can't change the name. So I'm like kind of stuck with it. It's, so it's still gag gamers, even though Twitch can be used for so much more like this. Yeah. And right. it's it's the thing. Uh, we got something right here. There's a new Brad Pitt movie taking place on a Japanese bullet train. I cannot wait to see that. I am a little bit excited. Why? Why Brad Pitt on a Japanese bullet but train? It, it has, you know what? I don't care that the it's trailer Brad Pitt. was good. The trailer. The trailer Everybody good. else. He doing he doing karate. He doing he doing karate. No. 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 Okay, no. I was gonna say I'm not watching no movies where you go over there and beat people up with their own fighting style. I'm no, 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 no. <laughs> that was uh Keanu Reeves had one like that. Man of type Keanu Reeves, Tom Cruise. Oh God! Not the last. You know what? Somebody was just talking about that. Somebody just posted that. Uh, I think the uh, only one I watch is Jean Claude Van Damme, Bloodsport. That's it. Now he'll get a pass, but he'll get a pass because that was the '80s. It was a different time. (laughs) He get a pass because he was avenging his brother, and he went trained with them over there and learned their stuff over there. He did. He did. He had them. They had remember in them bamboo trees. Brick don't hit back. Yeah. But yeah, not so he's shooting people on the train. I, I think it's gonna be good. I think he's it'll be entertaining. People. The name of the movie is actually oh yeah, okay. So Russell, Bullet Russell train. posted it. The name of the movie is actually called Bullet Train. And mm-hmm. from what I can see in the trailer, Brad Pitt looks like he's a reti- like he's a hitman, and maybe he's trying to get out of the game because every hitman wants to quit at some point. And they always have to come back for one last job. If they would one stop coming back job. for one last, I'm gonna name that's that's gonna be the name of my movie, One Last Job. That's <laughs> it is gonna be a comedy. Jeff, you're gonna help me write it. I've, I've yeah. already got some ideas. I already know the end. It's gonna be the he gonna he gonna think it's over, and then somebody gonna spin around in the chair and be like, "There is no such thing as last job." <laughs> I love it. No I love it. See, me and Jeff will write the greatest movie ever. I can already tell. We sit I wanna write, I wanna write I want to write a Charlie's Angels movie. Oh god. Where they where okay. we gotta find Charlie. Wait a minute. Pause. And I that last casting. Charlie's Angel movie was good. I need casting for that. What do you have in mind? Who do I have in mind for casting for Charlie's Angels? If if you had the option to do your Charlie's Angels movie right now, Zendaya. I knew it. I knew it. And Haley I love Steinfeld. it. Who? Haley Steinfeld. I'm on board. Okay. And if the if the studio gives me too many notes, mm-hmm. it'll probably be like a Dove Cameron. But I would probably go with. Uh, okay, that's I don't know her real name, but she played Daisy slash Quake on Agents of Shield. Let me look up her real name. You're a assassin, yeah. 
So I was looking that up. The Keanu Reeves movie is uh, Keanu Reeves. Wow, pretty good. <laughs> the Brad Pitt movie. He's on the train. There's a case. All he has to do is get the case. Collect but the case. there's other people that need the case or are looking for the case. And other people want and, to keep him from getting the case. Yeah. And so if somebody ever says shenanigans ensued. <laughs> if somebody says all you have to do is, I'm gonna be like, Well, if that's all you gotta do, won't you do it? That's all you gotta do. All you gotta do is get the suit. You can Famous last words. Famous last word. Like, all you oh, yeah, you. It's always it'll be quick. It's just a quick in and out. Quick in and out. It's never, never a case. quick in and out. Yeah, never a quick in and out. Baby driver comes to mind for that. Never oh, a quick man. in and out. Man, man. Uh, let's. I'm tired of Charlie's Angels. Franchise when it became a movie. Pure Russell. You, that's because you haven't seen my Charlie's Angels. <laughs> right. I, I really feel no. like we would we would breathe whole new life. I'm gonna, do, so. I'm gonna do Snyderverse Charlie's Angels. Ooh. Serious, serious stuff. They would try to find a way to We're not gonna be dancing in our underwear. We're not gonna be doing the robot on Soul Train. No, they would nah. be, they would find a way I just to, need try to, to put to Beyonce recast, in your movie. I need them to recast two of the people, let Lucy Lou stay because her character, I think, actually fits. They already did a whole reboot after that. And that yeah, was that too, no so I don't even count that. Uh, right, like I only care about Christian Stewart, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, out. Movie, out. I don't think that movie sucked. I think where I did think you watch? Action... You watching in theaters? No. You watching on a plane? No. <laughs> no, I, I, watched, watched I did watch it at home. <laughs> I did watch it. Watch home. It but you know what? Here. Here's here's my thing with the okay. So with the reboot of so first we had Charlie's Angels, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy, Lucy Liu. The first one, okay, we're trying to figure it out. We, you know what I'm saying? We're making it, we're taking what was a TV show and we're trying to adapt it into a movie. So we have to get everything packed into this short time frame. I get that. And I give some grace when you do something like that. You get some leeway because you have a Drew lot to Barrymore's tell. Drew Barrymore's goofy ass? No. So, right, wait, wait, wait. I said you get some leeway. And what? Who, she was one of the people I recasted. Mm -hmm. Um, the first one I get what they were doing. The second one I needed a little bit better. I'm a five star too. You Thank tried to. Bring we're having a hard time more. translating like that classic '70s energy into like whatever was happening in the like late '90s, early 2000s. Like, but because it, it was either you had like stuff where they were like we as just a comedy retro like Starsky and Hutch and Dukes of Hazard. Mm. Or they were Starsky doing, they were bringing it into the, and they were bringing it into the, or they Are were you really trying to tell forward. me Ben Stiller's that good. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> saying they were having a hard time pulling it off, and those were the two ways they were sucking at it, either by. But Starsky and Hutch did a good job. Yeah, but nobody saw it, and mm. nobody cared. Especially because Starsky and Hutch in and of itself is kind of like a niche market. If you watch Black, yeah, that's watch not Black one of those things people reference. Okay, I get okay. That's a that's a fair argument. I can't I ain't never heard a white person mention Starsky and Hutch before. Only black people because Huggy Bear gets right, I was about to say because Huggy Bear is the show, like mm -hmm. that's what it is. So I okay, and, and that's why I can see to that point they right? would get the same Dukes of Hazard. People are like, ooh, Jessica Simpson. Right and, and Daisy in short Dukes shorts with no Daisy. You know what? She did one photo shoot for Hardee's that would have satisfied that whole movie. They didn't even have to make a movie behind that. No. Yeah, 
Hey, put Russell's comment up because I really do. I agree with what you're saying on this comment, Russell. That one just popped up, so let me grab that one. Boom. Because and you see, the very first thing I said was keep Lucy Lou. Oh yeah, no, I'm I definitely else. keeping Lucy. Lou. You can't keep Lucy Lou now. She like, oh my god, not now. Me. So you say you say casting. I'm casting it with people who could be in Charlie's Angels now. I get that. But when I was talking, I, know I was back in time. I was going back to his point about Charlie's Angels being bad, and I was saying what I had the problem I had with the original Charlie's Angels. Well, well, the original movie. I was saying the problem I had with that. I said keep Lucy Liu, and I needed I needed Drew Barrymore to do something else. Comedy. I'm good. I can eh, I can deal with that. I needed. Cameron Diaz to not be in this at all because it just didn't fit. I don't like, I they really tried don't know. to take her character from there's something about Mary and put it in this movie. Like, I, but I really don't know where I want her to be because I don't Away. know. If she I want her to be where she is right now. <laughs> not here. Not, not filming. Not That's, here. Yeah. You know what? I think the last time I saw Cameron Diaz in a movie that I liked was The Mask, and I was okay with her in. I think it was Day and Night with Tom Cruise. She was okay in that. I, the right, mask, I was, you could have put any any blonde true. pretty girl true. in the 90s in that movie. I mean, but and she Black women him. do not like Cameron Diaz. I ain't never met a black woman who liked Cameron Diaz. My <laughs> wife don't like her. I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna tell you what, what I'm going to tell you the, the only reason movie? people like Cameron Diaz is because there's something about Mary. Outside of that, I couldn't... Was it not my best friend's wedding? No, because I I care no. less about that. She was a no. I'm saying why well, white people white people like her because of that, and most no, black people, white people like. Let me tell you, people. What else was she even in? Right, we're sitting here trying <laughs> to think. The one where she was a teacher, Vanilla Sky. Oh God, that's when my hate for her started. I don't know. To this day, I don't know how I feel about that movie. Even mm. now. Like that, it was an era in my life when I didn't care about. I may put that on a why did I watch that? That you know what we may do a uh, not a live view. We may do a uh, maybe a group viewing for Vanilla Sky and just roast the hell. That's when Tom Cruise was doing all them weird movies trying to chase that Oscar, and then he was like, "How about I just get this Mission Impossible money?" Hold on, we have we have the Queen. Come, come, come. Oh, you know what? Okay. I take it back because she was in Shrek, but she was, was really funny. Acting. She That's was really acting. good and bad teacher. I love. I bad did like teacher. that. She movie. was good and bad teacher. Hey, boo! If you like her and bad teacher because she was playing somebody unlikable. <laughs> right. True. Here, hold on. I'm gonna put the. It's like you're making it easy for me to hate this chick. <laughs> <laughs> I said Shrek too. You saw Shrek too. Russell, my best friend's wedding did start like the middle, middle of a it conversation. Did. Cameron Diaz was the woman she was that, the one that she was, was marrying. Name a movie that you know Cameron Diaz in that bad karaoke. Um, the jail on her hair. There's something about yep, Mary. Something what about I tell you, Mary. like that's it. That's what people know, and that's really a Ben Stiller movie. Do you I like? Do, how do you feel about her? What about Charlie's Angels? How'd you feel about that's where the conversation started? We were talking about Cameron Diaz. How'd you feel about Charlie's Angels? Do you remember that? That was my Lucy Lou phase. I say phase, but it really wasn't a phase because 
still Lucy Lou. The funny part is I'm trying to like remember her in, <laughs> in Charlie's Angels. It was her, yeah. Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Lou, and oh, she was doing like a whole little like she did the dance in the club and she's dancing the whole time. Like, yeah, Drew Barrymore yeah, did like okay. the air triple kick BS yeah. like. Bad wire work. Is that a, is that a, why did I watch that movie? Is that a, it could be. It could be. <laughs> I would have to see what it's rated, but it could fall into a why did I watch that? I don't think that was like. I don't think that would be fall into a why did I watch that? I think that was a decent. Jeff is fun. right. Every movie I like her in is because she's she's not a good person. Because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like her in any given. Let's Sunday. get to the bottom of this hate. Every show. Every show. She she just doesn't stick out to me. She just yeah. doesn't um everything hey, Carol, I remember her I in, you. she doesn't stick out to me. That's just really it. Like <laughs> she's so cute. Yeah, no, yeah. she just she's not a not a why is this class so big? Because that's my glass. So right, though, because any given Sunday and mm-hmm. then bad teacher. And what was the other movie she was in that I actually liked her? She's just not a mem- mem- uh, memorable actress, like. She she doesn't yeah she doesn't give me um Tony Tony Awards vibes. <laughs> Tony Awards Tony is like Oscar Grammy Oscar. <laughs> Did she win any? Has she won anything? <laughs> I don't think she's been in anything that was Oscar. Yeah, exactly. oh, and then my sister's keeper. You know what? Uh, Jeff, look that up real quick. Is there ever been anything that Cameron Diaz was in that was even Oscar nominated? Hey, Google, has Cameron Diaz ever been nominated for an Oscar? Definitely Jeff, not. Jeff, I kind of hate you right now because oh, you just, you just like opened something. Golden Globe, Screen Actors Guild. 2007 and Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture for Gangs of New York in 2003, among others. Gangs of New was York. Cameron Diaz in Gangs of New yes, York? Yes, she was with that horrible fucking accent. Oh my God, I have to look that up. Hey, ensemble wins don't count unless you was like <laughs> a main person. She wasn't good enough. But it wasn't movie. for an Oscar. It was she for like an MTV award or something. It doesn't count. She doesn't. Doesn't count. Me. Oh my God. Gangs of New York. Cameron Diaz was totally in Gangs of New yeah, York. Yeah, she had the red hair because she was the whore that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio fell in love with. But she played Jenny. But Jeff has like completely unwrapped something for me because everything that I do like her in, she's not a good person. She's such a weird looking lady. So you, yeah, you like her bad? Like, you like the bad side of her? Yeah, because like no, I like she her just sees her as a negative person, and so when she played bad characters, she's <laughs> like, "This is more believable." She's in a movie that everybody be in love with. Nope. Her. She's like, oh, "Put her back no. in the mask, red dress. That's all I need. Anything past that, Cameron Diaz." But that could have been anybody. She didn't bring. I'm gonna say this: Cameron Diaz has been in some movies that I have enjoyed watching. I don't know if there's necessarily because Cameron Diaz was in the movie that I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed the movie. So I'm not going to like dock her points. I just, on I just, I just heard I just heard Jeff say he enjoyed some. Wait a minute. What did, what did you say you enjoyed? <laughs> I say I enjoyed some of the movies that she's in. So I'm not going to dock her if I enjoyed the movie, even if she wasn't like memorable. She ain't mess it up. Okay. No, no, and, I, and, and, and that's fair. <laughs> She did not mess it up. But and I'm saying she hasn't fair. been in a movie you, as a likable person. That's <laughs> like, I don't care. 
Like if you, if you there have been people who have ruined the production just by their presence. So I oh, get yeah. what you're saying. Because even with your recast, Sam, right? You saying I, honestly, I feel like you could recast just Drew Barrymore and have a much better Charlie's Angels. Because like why? Because like now she's in it, so now Tom Green got to be her boyfriend. And be oh yeah, that was being yeah. weird. Like come on, bro. Like you can get you can get anybody in the world, and you are gonna get Tom Green, the Chad. It like, what is going Chad. on here? Yeah, I never understood that part of it. Mean, I need to go back and rewatch that last Charlie's Angels. Let's do that. I'll I'll do that for why did I watch this if the score is low enough. You know what? Which Let me look that up the, right the now. Was that, that full throttle? Full throttle. Full, full throttle or the reboot? You know no, what? you're talking about up. the one with full throttle Kristen is the second one. I'm talking about the one with Kristen Stewart. Okay. I'll watch the reboot. And uh Elizabeth Banks. Who doesn't get enough credit for her? Who work. does not get enough credit? I do I like love Elizabeth. Elizabeth Banks. She's hilarious. Very good comedic actress, but we don't value comedic women. That's part of the reason why I want to put Zendaya in it too, because it's gonna have a little bit like edgy comedy. She's funny. She's very funny. She's very good at deadpan. I was about to say she has great costumes too. If you watch, if you watch Casey Undercover, she has already played a spy. Come on, y'all. She's really done a lot. Like, hold mm-hmm. on. She's really done a lot. Bruh, she's the next one. She's Holly Berry for, like, our kids. She's Holly Berry for well, her kids. she don't end up whipping she's out Holly Berry to get an me. Oscar. Zendaya? Now, see, she's not Holly Berry for me because I've been watching her since she was, like, 13. <laughs> and it's just like... See, you just made it weird. I see her, I I'm like, wow, she, she was a beautiful. actress. <laughs> I see her, I'm like, wow, she looks beautiful, but I also am like, I kind of watched her grow up. Wait, what are you saying? What, what? It's like she was on Shake It Up. <laughs> Even Bella, oh. thought, it's like when I see the Disney ones go grown, I'm just like, oh. I see them as like one person. Person. Yeah, just talking about I can't, I can't, I can't have another drink. Can you bring me my? Holly um, Berry. Uh, Every time somebody says Holly Berry, I immediately think about Strictly Business because that I feel like that was like, oh, that's a whole that movie. That's like a whole the whole generation of like '90s black movies that yeah. got like that. Woo! I watch that anytime and so. We was just <laughs> talking about Baps. Oh, Baps. Russell's was talking Fire. about Christian Stewart. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch it and see Russell. So wait, the that movie. Is rated 78 audience score and 52 tomato meter. Feels a little high. Yeah. Okay. Feels a little high for us. If it was a 49, it would qualify. You know what? We might make an exception. You can make an exception. We can make an exception. I made an exception on our last, the next show we do. I don't know when it's going to happen. So you got time, Denisha. (laughs) Roberto, I have to just like schedule with him. So that we could get him on because I watched this movie Blacklight. It sounded like one of the movies where you got to yell at the person who told <laughs> Bruh, like, oh my God, I have so much to say about this movie. I get. I have like a stomach ache thinking about watching this I really, because of how his reaction was. Let me tell you something. I have never heard him go in on something. Like, I've, I don't think it's been a long time since I heard anybody go in on anything as hard as he was going in on this movie. And I was like, bro, it can't be that bad. It's a whole movie. Even a bad movie has something redeeming. When you hear what my redeeming quality for this movie is, 
I found something redeeming. So is it better or worse than Ridiculous 6? I don't know if there's a movie worse than Ridiculous 6. Okay, okay. Think about it in the terms Ridiculous 6 was supposed to be stupid. Like it wasn't supposed to be a good movie. Then this movie was worse because okay, they because honestly this movie thought they were making a, a good, good movie. movie. They yeah. thought they like. There's nothing worse than thinking like you making something. <laughs> right? And then you like walk Bruh, away. Let me tell you. Liam Neeson. Okay, so first of all, you know what? We gonna mess around, and I'm gonna end up doing this thing right now. Because I went to a we about to do a why did I watch? I went, to a movie, I went to a movie premiere in L.A. for a movie like that. <laughs> really? Can you? Can you? Is you, are you still under the? Yeah, I can tell you, right? no, 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 it wasn't what like nothing that was I worked that? on. It was like a friend who worked on it, and she was like, "Yeah, like they were trying to get us to like fill the seats." It's <laughs> It starred. Uh, There's a movie called Seat Filler. Mm-hmm. There is with Kelly Rowland. <laughs> yeah, so this was, it wasn't like a black movie. So this movie. Was like, <laughs> Wait, oh, was, um, what's his name? He just passed away from nine hundred two and zero. He played Luke. Oh. No, Luke Perry. Uh, Luke, Luke Perry. Perry. Yeah. He played Dylan. He played, he played Dylan. Dylan. My bad. He played Dylan, Jeff. My bad. I, I need you to do better. I, was, I didn't watch the first nine hundred two and zero. I'm not. That elder. Well, you know what? He was the dad on Riverdale. Do yes, better. That's why I was. I was gonna <laughs> <Do> make better. <laughs> i make that reference, but then I was like, "Y'all don't watch Riverdale." So you got it, me to watch Riverdale. I made it through the whole first oh, season. I'm not watching. Watch have fun. I watch. Let me tell you what I watched on my own. I watched Pretty Little Liars. No, uh, not Pretty Little. What's Pretty Little Liars? What was the one we watched? The one where everybody was. Um, the kid, the guy from you, Blake Lively. Uh, I'll look it up. Go ahead, Jeff. Continue. Sorry. I, I yeah, no. So it was Luke Perry and like a bunch of other people who like were not like famous or anything like that. And it was a show about little boy Gossip Girl. Who, like, Sorry, my daughter just told me it was Gossip Girl. Okay. <laughs> it's like a little boy who was like abandoned. And taken in by like a family like down out in like rural Texas. I don't know if it was like present day or nineties, but all the trucks look. I'm already old. out. I'm already <laughs> out. I'm already out. So the Luke Perry's the dad. He chased the mom like crap. She's like a very very sweet and nice person. Whatever. He grows up and he's like this like hunk, and he's still working on the farm. And now they're like butting heads, like the dad and the, Hi, the dad up? and the son. Are butting heads because of how the dad's treating the mom. And then I think it was like he had to like move away. He was like, they were like, we need you to like move away. He moved away. And then he came back because Luke Perry's character dies in like a car wreck or whatever. And he comes back home and literally is like, I've been in love with you my entire life. And I want to build a life with you you're the only woman for me and they get married like <laughs> love story between Simply. the little boy she raised and no the mom yeah it wasn't her it wasn't her biological child but no, she raised that's his mama that's yeah nasty. yeah and they like literally like the whole time in the theater we're just like what somebody approved this? Like, it's, it's like it's like it's like a melodramatic. It's not good, but it's like melodramatic throughout the movie. And you're like, all right, like whatever. Like 
you guys are like trying to do something. It's just not that great. And then that was just like, what is this? <laughs> like, no. And then we went to eat with our friend and she was like, no, it was bad. And I was like, okay, because this is going to be the most. <laughs> Ty said he already out. Yeah, like, see, to see watch that. Me. I was out from it the was, beginning. So. Wow. so it's just like you go to something that like somebody, you know, worked on and you hang, have to hang out with them afterwards. And everybody knows it's just like terrible. <laughs> All the actors are there and they're, you know, they're doing the Hollywood thing. Like, yeah, you know, we're really excited, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like. They're contractually obligated to promote the movie regardless. I got mad at Holly Berry when I thought about all the interviews she did before Catwoman because I was like, you sat here (laughs) trying to sell us some bad (laughs) shit, telling us it was sugar. Yep. Really? Uh, That's that's how I felt about M. Night. M. Night. If you wouldn't have done the interview, if you wouldn't have had the audacity to talk about a sequel, (laughs) because they wanted (laughs) to I think that's the funniest thing. He really thought he was going to do a sequel. They they wanted to do a sequel. It's like, bro, we had to create a whole new cartoon character to wash the taste. We had to create Korra to wash the taste of like your Avatar movie out of our mouths. Because we were supposed to be like just to move away from three movies. I can't even think of like better source material. That wasn't widely thing, known. Like he had a chance to really make fans of Airbender. That he weren't did. already fans. He did, and I think the yeah. only thing, probably as, I would I would say the only thing as bad as Avatar, is Dragon Ball Evolution. I never watched it. Once I saw the white dude, I was like, no. Just because of the not even here's, curious. Here's how they got a, here's how they got away with making that movie. John Woo got real popular in the mm-hmm. US. Oh yeah. People walking away from fires. Mm-hmm. John Woo. <laughs> the two guns and diving bullet mm-hmm. time became a thing on screen. John Woo got big. Now yeah. John Woo been that dude. If you go back and you watch any Asian cinema from back in the day, for sure. Chow Young Fat been that dude. He's been that dude since Chow back Young in the Fat. day. Samuel Hung. But when John Woo started making a name here in the States and people knew who he was, they was like, ooh. Who's this guy? Chow Young Fat. Let's do something with him. And he did a handful of movies here in the U.S. that Bulletproof Monk. Ooh, that was Mira Sovino. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was a handful of movies here that were, like, supposed to be much bigger than they were. Mm-hmm. And they figured if they took this big name, Chow Young Fat, and stuck him in this movie, that they could, rem- they could take Dragon Ball Z and bring it to the big screen. They had Jamie Jamie Chung was in this. Chow Young Fat was in this. We could stop there because, you know, well, June Park, let me give him his props. He was in this. What the hell is this movie? And when you talk about a bad movie, this is like a 15 and a 20. And the people who gave it 20 only because they got to see Dragon Ball live action. 
but I've seen YouTube clips better than this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, look, there's a video floating around on, I don't know if it was on TikTok or Instagram or who the hell made it, but it's this dude with a backpack and he throw the backpack and he teleport to where the backpack is and he's like kicking somebody at like, yeah. You cannot make a movie like Dragon Ball Evolution when you got regular people doing shit like this on YouTube. There is no excuse for it. And honestly, it's it's really gotten to the point where like, on the one hand, as viewers, as geeks, our expectations, ha- the bar has been raised. Mm-hmm. Because you put stuff in, and the first thing that comes to mind with something like that is you put stuff out like The Mandalorian and you bring in a younger version of Luke Skywalker and then some dude decides to sit down at his computer and one-ups the whole ILM. LucasArts can't do what this dude did with his PC. Do better. Do better. I'm glad dude ended up getting a job and getting on because that's the, like, I get the difficulty with anime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get the difficulty with anime. And some stuff truly doesn't need to be adapted. Mm-hmm. You know what, Ty? Can you hop in here? I'm a I'm a post the uh, link. I like I like Ty's comment too about you know the non fans trying to make the cash grab. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it really is. I think it's a societal issue, honestly. Not to get like super super deep. But it really just comes from like like how I was talking about like being in art school earlier and like knowing how to critique and going through like a process of like learning how to talk about art in a in a way where you know to be respectful of it and to be respectful of the idea that someone took their time to create it. You yeah. know, a lot of a lot of times when when the goal is to make money only when that's the sole goal, you know what I'm saying? It's obvious in, in how you treat the art. And our society really doesn't value art. It doesn't value. So, so they don't value Dragon Ball We've watched Z a couple of movies. Value- Why did I watch that? Where it was clear this was a paycheck movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, we've, well, we've, we've pointed that well, out. But, I'm, but I'm, I'm even talking more specifically about translating IP. Because I, I, I'll, give, I'll give people credit if you're like, I sat down and I wrote this thing from scratch. And then we put it all together as a movie it sucked but you know you pull that out of your ass and you figured and and making bad stuff is is the first step to making good stuff if you keep at it and you might learn i want to specifically though i'm with you on that because i i definitely believe that it is it is unfair and and that's why people will notice i never call anything trash i never call anything garbage because it is still a process to be creative enough to come up with an idea that makes it to the point, right? Of so that's a movie. What, so even that's a what bad I movie is still a creative concept, and that's so what I, I want to say there. about the trend. But specifically, when it comes to translating IP, the people who own the IP and are giving the license to have it translated, or the people who are making the notes on it, if they don't value that IP as art and they only value it as a commodity, the way that they approach it are going to be completely different. Because if a fan, if a fan, if not even a fan, because I I don't like getting into that either, because it makes it seem like 
the more you know about something, the better the art or the better whatever you'll make with it. And I don't necessarily think that that's true because even if you're a fan and you like something a lot, if you don't know how to respect like art and and analyze art and appreciate art because we don't have that in our schools, we don't really do that as a society because even when we create things as artists, like a lot of times the focus is monetization. Obviously we got to eat, we got to survive. But then a big part of our struggle too is like, when you give somebody the price, it's like they don't want to pay it because they don't know how to value art. Then we end up like pricing ourselves down and, you know, or if or not, it's like, oh, so do I eat or do do I knock off like twenty dollars off this rate just because they'll feel more comfortable paying one twenty instead of one forty? Yeah. Or do I around and get zero? Right. And, and, and that all it boils down to just like how we value art as a society because in other places in other countries graphic artists and artists like you can be an artist you can be an illustrator but like even here with like comic book artists if you follow any of them on twitter they'll tell you all the time like you just got to be fast and you got to crank these books out because they're oh yeah yeah. so it's like it's like the comic industry the comic industry is not about the art it's about meeting the deadline so that you can get the product out because it's a commodity and that affects the art and so dragon ball z is a proven commodity so when they go in there to that meeting that executive is walking in like okay we're gonna give you money to make a dragon ball z movie you better give us something where when we look at this pitch this presentation we know it sells so they stuck some asian folks in there that we knew then it was like, it can't be all Asians because people are not going to go see that. Somebody yeah. somebody in the room somewhere made that comment, whether oh, yeah. it was the casting director, the writer, or the executive, or whoever was given the final notes on the yeah, cast. The EP probably. Somebody made the comment that this cast cannot be all Asian, or this cast cannot be majority Asian. We probably can't use any unknown unknowns who don't have like 25 movies in Hong Kong under their belt already because we don't want to waste time developing and training anybody who does not fit into like what we see as marketable for our demographic and our customer base. Because when we put those three Asians in there, we've we've satisfied our quote. Okay, so (laughs) on the topic of diversifying a market base, I'm going to bring in one of our experts. Hey. Ty Gabriel. <laughs> the token white guy. I, I need it. everybody to know the joke that was in there. If you didn't catch that joke, shame on you. <laughs> totally a joke. We have, we have some great conversations. He brings a lot to the table. So, Ty, we talking Dragon Ball Z. We talking marketing. We talk what what happened, man? What happened? Where so, did where did it where did it fail? This is what happens, like I said in the comment before, this is what happens when you have non-fans trying to make a movie for a cash grab. This happened with the Electra movie, where they literally, they had this great idea, but they had a shitty writer, a new writer, and a brand new director. They didn't invest in what people would make great, just hoping that, hey, it's a Marvel movie, they'll come and buy it. But that was kind of an issue with Fox is that they well, would make okay, stuff. Okay, but that but okay, so with Electra, Electra came after Daredevil. Do you think that they could have taken the lesson they got from Daredevil to say maybe we need to hold off? Or do you think they were 
I mean, it's. it's I don't think they garnered enough enough interest in Electra. There was no interest in. They had to. They had to make that movie quick because they're going to run out of the rights. So they had to push it out. But instead of putting the effort to make a solid movie that would sell, they were just, hey, let's get someone cheap to direct, someone cheap to write, and hopefully people will just come because they like Marvel. Yeah. And the whole like. Jennifer Garner, Ben Affleck thing that was going on at the time. So it's like, this is your first time when you're really starting to see that like paparazzi pop culture stuff. <laughs> start mm-hmm. like seeping into like who's getting roles, who's getting attention. I mean, Jennifer Garner, I mean, Elias was a hit show on ABC for a long time. So I'm not going to act like she didn't deserve to play the role or anything like that. But like, like Ty said, like they just didn't put the effort into the material. It wasn't a right. question of like the quality of the actors or I mean it's electric. You know, we're not talking about like special effects or nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> they so, didn't go Marvel. They didn't go they didn't go MCU with Netflix with. And, yeah. and the way and the way they were presenting like the Daredevil EU or whatever it is, like it just wasn't well thought through and the material was bad, even though like the players they had in the positions and even some of the performances that they tried to put out were not terrible, but it was just like, I don't know what else I can make. You gave me bread and shit. All I can give you is a shit. <laughs> so to kind of drive the point home, uh, did any of you see Arcane on Netflix? Ar- Arcane? Yes. Arcane. Yeah, it was an animated series based off of League of Legends. Yeah. Okay. It it's was amazing. done by fans, people who were actually part of the property before, like they yeah. branched out. So when you have people that are actually fans who know how to write a story and you invest in that writing and that directing, it's a beautiful story. It's amazing. And I, you can do the same thing with Castlevania. Yeah. When you have people that are actually fans, oh, that was good. and you can put a heart behind it, yeah, it's magic. But when you're like, "Hey, let's take this book Aragon," which I loved reading as a kid, but then we're just gonna give like a, a weird director and some eh, writer. You know what? That that even counts for. And I swear, it's, I act like we ain't do nothing. But why did I watch that? But um, <laughs> <laughs> Uwe Bowl got real big because he did Blood Rain. And as a game, the storyline and the characters and the game itself was, it was one of those things that like really stood out in a genre of so many popular games. And the big thing was, you know what I'm saying? You had like this female half vampire who, you know, she was a badass, she was a sexy character kind of thing. And you got to go through and you got to kick ass. You got to be cool looking when you did it. Yeah. I don't know what that movie was. And I get trying to capitalize because everybody already knows that like video game movies and for a while comic book movies, they only sold because of their popularity, not because they were good. People went and they filled the seats because they knew the name and they expected something good based on what they knew it to be. Not what it was, but what they knew it to be. Clearly, Blood Rain was expected to be something other than what they made. <laughs> the only thing about that that was worth watching was Meatloaf, RIP. <laughs> he was the only character in that movie 
And that movie was in the actual movie. Do what? When the movie come out? When did Blood Rain come out? Oh God! Approximately. Gonna make me suffer through this again. Um, it's funny because I'm sure it's yeah, it's right there in my history. Oh, know. that was the one I forgot I was watching it. I was watching it for what she was <laughs> watching it and literally I literally got up to go get somebody in the kitchen and I started doing something else. Like, oh, wait, I forgot I was watching the movie. This. But yeah. um the original Blood Rain movie came out in like 2005. But the worst part is they've made two other movies. It was okay. The first time was an accident. The second time was a fluke. The third time, you just don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even like I can't even put it in the same category as something like Sharknado, where you know you're making a bad movie. And well, the and that's point why is I that you're making earlier a bad movie. about Black White. Like if it was like Ridiculous Six, like Sharknado, I love those movies. I love their ghost Sharknado's knows shark what came it's up out doing. Of a puddle of water. What's better than that? Nothing. Did you guys watch The Lost be... Pastor? No. I've heard about it. <laughs> I will know. get to it just because. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> recently these people. I try to watch movies that I'll enjoy. <laughs> I don't mind losing a few brain cells when I sit down and watch a movie. That's the point. I got to escape. Yeah. Somebody I'm recently more suggested that we watch anyway. Rubber, the movie about the tire. They said we should watch Rubber, but I think Rubber was actually rated too high. We were like, it's actually a pretty good movie, apparently, so we can't yeah, do that I think one. So. <laughs> um, they do have to approach. They do have to at some point fix like the video game IP translation issue. I think like yeah. Arcane works because it's. I think that, and I think that works a little bit better too because isn't that like kind of a game where you like build your own characters and like i don't know nothing about gaming stuff. so you get like a stock character and you just no so it's actually okay. a moba game where, okay. where you can pick these different characters so it's set characters mm -hmm. uh, but it's like a five on five game so you, based on your character you have these set skills based on that character and you're just basically trying to take out the other person's tower okay and so, so in the show okay, so first off let me just say this real quick because most of our viewers i'm sure would know but just in case moba multiplayer online battle arena the dynamics for a game that is a moba um what are some other mobas that most people would kind of recognize uh think of it like a battle royale um okay uh pubg uh player unknown battlegrounds yeah something like that that's considered a moba you have a small area, you throw people in, and you have to get through it. Mm. That's a MOBA. So it's different from like an, and the only reason I point that is because it's different from like an MMO. And I think what happened was something like League of Legends, when people watched this show, everybody wanted to run and go play League of Legends because they were like, I want to be that chick. She's a badass. This is fucking dope. I want to be a part of that. And then you get into the game, you're like, oh, wait. That's not what I saw on the show. What I will say with League of Legends is that they have the backstory written in. So they have this beautiful story just woven in between the different characters. See you, Russell. Hi, Russell. Russell, uh, I need you to do an appreciation post. Post all the books. I, I need Ridley's information. Uh, everything about Ridley. Put it in there for me, okay? And I'm going <laughs> to put it. I'm going to pin it just for this. Because Russell's an author and fantastic books. We'll promote it. 
Go ahead. Done. Uh, but yeah, so they have that backstory behind, like, in the background. Like, so you guys should read the backstory of these characters. And because these people were fans, like, they were true to the actual characters. It may have happened differently in the game, but as far as the core of who they are as characters, that was spot on. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the problem is that when you have non-fans making it, is that they see it as they're making a comic book or video game movie instead of trying to make a compelling movie just in this universe. Mm-hmm. So you can take, uh, I really like how Marvel does this, where they will, like, you can take uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. It was a political noir thriller set in a superhero universe. Right. Um, you could, like, if, if they ever try to do a Metroid movie, I wouldn't want them to make a video game movie. I would want them to do, like, a space horror set in the Metroid universe. Okay. And that allows you to create something that's more compelling than just... Something more akin to Alien. Yes. If Ripley had a bodysuit armor, that, yeah. that's it. That's the movie. Ripley equals Samus. Make that movie. Done. I'm with and you And that's on compelling. That. <laughs> right. Well, it's like, yeah, the people who, you know, Hollywood politics and all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> who, and like, and yeah, Jeff like, has that insight to those Hollywood politics. If that's you want to make part. money, why not do it right and make your money? Because... It's like investment versus return, right? It's like I think a lot of times, you know, we see we see it more as like you'll get this, and then there's the people who have to be on the side of yeah, but I have to like give this, and you can't guarantee me will get this, but I like my number, like if I have to give you money to make a movie, you're like pitching to me like it's gonna be a blockbuster worldwide, blah blah blah, whoop de whoop. And I'm like, okay, but that number is like, it's like when your kids have tracing homework, you, like your number is a dotted line number. My yeah. number that I have to give you is a hard number that's printed out on the paper. It comes it come with the book. Like that's a hard number and I got to give you that $200 million for you to make this movie that you're telling me if you do it right, if I give you $200 million, it's going to make me six to seven hundred million on the return i want to challenge that because i totally get what you're coming from from an investment standpoint but there have been routinely like there's been plenty of evidence that when you go in shoddy it's gonna yeah yeah but then you also have movies that have had a low budget like take deadpool deadpool had its first movie the budget was cut like what seven million before it even like started they cut a whole bunch of gunfire pumped all this money into other movies from that property and so now you're going to come into my office and tell me wolverine failed everybody hated the deadpool we put in that movie and you're telling me you're going to be done by fans i know and but 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 to the money man and like i think we're getting to a point now where we have more fans that are also money men and so that's why, like, Kevin Feige is a yeah. fan. You okay. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Zack Snyder is, he's a fan. He's got his own deficiency. <laughs> yeah, he's he, a I, fan I, of I will go as far. And I feel like Zack Snyder is more of a fan of Zack Snyder than yeah, he is. That's why I'm he's a fan of himself. Universe, which is why. He's a fan of very specific content. 
He's that's, a fan I'm, of DC, like Brian Singer yeah, was a fan of X Men. Yeah, and, really and I get that, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not disputing that. that. And we can, we can go back and forth on that part of it. <laughs> but I will say that he is a fan of very specific things, and the problem with that is because he's a fan of specific things. He's not, like, for example, he's a fan of this graphic novel. He's a fan of that graphic novel. He's a fan of that graphic novel. He's not a fan of the character. So he has not read that whole series of stories. He only has this, this, and this to pull right. from. He's a kid who only wants it to incorrectly. It. He doesn't want to eat his vegetables. And now we have the document. <laughs> that is a beautiful analogy. I accept that. I mean, it, you get... There's, there's only been a handful of movies that I know of that did so much better than expected and the, the like one of the ones that i know people talk about whenever this conversation whenever this kind of conversation comes up is david lynch eraserhead was like the cheapest movie made and what it got on return was like stupid that movie made like five six million dollars and it had like i, I want to say the budget was like ninety thousand dollars so kind of like the blair witch project right that was the same that's a, you know what and i feel Reservoir like that's Dogs another Grand one Tears, that's on the know? list no i really feel like if there was a list of movies that were low budget but made big money blair witch would definitely be on that Eraserhead mm -hmm. would be on that um, i mean I think even what what's interesting to me is like the, the phenomenon that Ty is talking about is really prevalent when those types of movies make big money and then they want a sequel. Because then the sequel is all about the money. Yeah. I was telling you, Turtles. Ninja Turtles 1, that movie's incredible. Hold on. Which one are you talking about? Old school no, or? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the original one. Okay. I'm okay, 32. Yeah. When I say Ninja Turtles, I mean Ninja Turtles. You mean, <laughs> man, you mean the good times. I mean, Cricket, that's in a half shell, turtle power. Sorry, mm. on, I, I, my turtles talking shit in the New York subway and like cussing people out and making kissy faces at April O'Neil on TV. Who did not want to be Raphael? Like, that's I'm so cool. I wanted to be Master but anywho, the difference in. <laughs> Budget between the first one and Secret of the Ooze, and then the shift in tone, the shift in rating, the shift in having vanilla ice in it, the shift in you know the big dance number at the end. <laughs> the entire shift was we need to like Ninja Turtles are extremely popular with kids, and even though this first movie was very dark and not for kids. We still watched it every day at summer camp, and we just had to fast forward through when they cussed. But those toys sold. The toys sold, and when this next movie comes out, we need to sell more. And the way we're going to sell more is parents have to be able to take their kids to see this movie. Yeah. And once they did that, it kind of destroyed the essence of the live action turtle because we had the cartoon, and that was for kids, and kids were going to buy them toys anyway. But seeing them like, Really doing like like that foot soldier fight in April's apartment where the building oh, burns yeah. down, yeah. like that's real. Like I'm like a kid, like 
yo, like they're in trouble, trouble. Yeah. Like they and they felt like real ninjas. And the second one is just like these are cartoon characters, and this dude don't even have nunchucks no more because they're it's like who cares? He a ninja who live in the sewer. Yeah. See a bye -bye New York a City when it comes to his choice I mean, of weapons. It's not until like, you get a little older. Over it, the first thing they're gonna say, you got them nunchucks. You know those are illegal. It's like I'm sorry, so you're a giant turtle. <laughs> right, like are you? And then I just saw you doing kung fu. So you a big giant turtle who can do kung fu. He don't need none nunchucks to mess you up. Not at all. Man, but I mean, I mean, mean have a nice day. <laughs> you get the cash grabs, and those one. movies exist. And I get, I get the issue with Ninja Turtles, and it's not until you become a little older that you start to recognize that, like, my man got swords, ain't nobody bleeding, not a single person mm -hmm. was cut in either of the movies. And if you go back to like '80s cartoons, GI Joe, Everybody Transformers, missed. nobody actually cats. got hurt. Nobody actually got hurt. If somebody got hurt, they like tripped and sprained their ankle and they couldn't run. That was the injuries. Everybody has laser rifles and nobody gets shot. Anytime a plane blew up, there's always a parachute. Nobody of actually course. died. And I get that you got to have those types of ratings and that's fine. And we accept that and, and we, we go from there. The real example of cash grabs is when you really don't care because at least with Ninja Turtles, they tried to keep the humor. They tried to keep the turtles being what the turtles had been and who they were. They tried to keep that. Maybe not successfully. And um, maybe not successfully, but they tried to keep it. You take something like but, in Jeff. No, wait, I'm, wait, I'm wait, picking wait, this. Wait, can I just say this one thing about the turtles? The, sh the dramatic shift in tone from, like, if the first movie had been like that, I would have been okay. Mm -hmm. But the dramatic shift in tone between the first and the second was, is like, so obvious. It was yeah. like, and now that I'm an adult and I worked in the licensing industry and I know how people talk about, how people who talk at production companies and people who talk, who, who work at studios, I know how they talk about movies like when they show us the movies and they pitching it to us it's like this it's like a slide here's the cast blah 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 we feel so amazing yada 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 and then they get to the slide that shows the marketing we're gonna do this we're gonna do that then they get to that slide that's like avengers made one point blah 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 billion one point something something billion heck even ant-man 700 and something blah 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 million ant-man and the wasp so they're telling us, like, we're giving you proven commodities. You need to go out there and sell those products because we're making stuff that people go see. And we need your stuff to be putting that money on the other end. Like, it is, it is like, the most important thing to them. Like, these movies are fueling the consumer products portions of a lot of these companies. And that's where they're making, like, take whatever they're making box office and multiply it. You know what I mean? Think about how many T-shirts kids buy. T-shirt $25. You got four kids. You know what I'm saying? Not, not the Grow Day Geeks T-shirts. They'll be on sale <laughs> starting tomorrow. <laughs> buy another one. 
You know, I'm, I'm going to buy one to give away. Okay. Uh, you know I'm, what? We're going to do a giveaway on that. Matter yeah. of fact, we're, I, Denise and I have been talking about it. We're going to figure out how to do a giveaway on that. Um, real quick. I want to say one more thing about the turtles. <laughs> okay. I, we're going to say the turtles. I want to say something to trigger Jeff. So say your thing about the turtles. Okay. <laughs> I can forgive the difference between one and two. Even two to three, but the fourth movie at that point, they gave up. Yeah. They're in a band. You made it to the fourth? Yeah. Yay. It's. Uh, he was like, I just can't quit you. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of quitting, I'm going to bed. I'm old. I have to go to work tomorrow. So it was nice chatting with you guys. It was y'all nice chatting this. indeed. I'll talk to y'all later. Right, I'll watch Blacklight. Unfortunately, I will watch yes, it. Yes, watch Blacklight. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get with uh, Roberto <laughs> and figure out when we can get him on to do this. Um, we'll have Jeff Miller coming on probably in the next 10, 15 minutes or so. I'll let him know you say hello. Yes, absolutely. And you have a good night, darling. I'll talk with you right. later. Thanks for being Bye, on. Y'all. Bye. Jeff. Time for yeah. the triggering. Here is one of the biggest cash grabs based on the popularity of the first Grease 2 bro <laughs> Grease 2 yeah. Let me am, I gonna, am I going to do this right now am I no, going to do I this I just wanted right to now? trigger you you said you had to go okay. get you something to eat No no I, here's okay let me okay. Let me just let me just say let me just say something. I just want to say piece. I want to get something off my chest about. It. <laughs> get off your chest. What, what you got to say? I get it. Musicals are lame. Cool, dude. Like you're so cool and edgy for thinking musicals are not cool because you know people just breaking out in the random song is just not believable. But like you know, Captain Marvel, and seen a flash Captain America, and Superman. It's all that's all believable too. But you can't just like suspend the reality. So shout out to all the musical haters. I want to start with them first. Get them out the way. <laughs> Who apparently never watched or enjoyed a Disney movie. So yeah. yeah no, Let's just call just, it what I'm it just, is. I'm just giving shout outs. I'm just giving shout outs. Also, I want to shout out to, you know, TBS, whoever did the program in there as a child for always showing Grease at 8.05 and Grease 2 at 10.05 when I was too young to stay up that late and you know, you did it a lot. It was a lot of Friday nights. I was home as a kid. Grease 805, Grease 2, 1005. 10 o'clock, grandma said, go to bed. Gotta go to bed. And I had I've been building Grease 2 up. I said, Grease is amazing. They were they riding in cars. They flew off of the car together, they went to a carnival, they fell in love. Angels came down to the to the malt shop and convinced the girl to stay in school. I mean, it was amazing. And Grease 2 only can build on that, right? Like we put two, you know, there's no bad sequels. I'm a child at the time. Shout <laughs> out to whoever put Grease 2 on TBS so much, but also just put it on late. And I could never watch it. And then by the time I watched it, I'm talking about three, four years of curiosity building up. About the oh, oh. And I get it. I, I've accepted that Grease 2 is just not for me. And I'm not going to disrespect it because I listened to an episode of uh, How Did This Get Made? And it was an episode about, it was the Grease 2 episode. And June Diane Rayfield, who's one of the hosts of the show, talked about how important 
it was to her, her formative years, you know, and seeing a woman go through this process and all that kind of stuff like that. But where's, where's the fanfare? Where's the group numbers? Where's the, like, running across the, what, this cool rider motorcycle, like, British dude, I don't know. Maxwell Sullivan. No, no, it was no, the most no, unseasoned no. dish they could have possibly no. had. No, not I, I didn't want none of that. And 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 I don't feel but it's not for me. Um they tried it, it didn't work. <laughs> I, I don't like talking a lot about bad musicals because I wish they made more musicals. One of my dreams is to make a black grease called Pomade. Oh Pomade. yes, please. And you okay. know, one day I'm telling I'm you, man, Jeff. But one day, as soon as I can be your executive producer and throw you some money, we gonna make some shit. Let's make it, man. I'm, I'm telling ready. you, I will find us some oh, yeah. investors and make some of these things because we got some ideas and it's it's fantastic. The biggest Honestly, complaint I have with Greece too is when, as our conversation was kind of revolving around money grabs. Yeah, the budget they had for Greece mm-hmm. and the success and popularity of that. Is the only reason we got Greece too. Yeah. And clearly, almost 10 years later, no, more than 10 years later, they decided to make a sequel. And the sequel yeah. is something that they could have done and it could have fallen in the right category because now we're at a new school with new people and but it was a similar story. It had the same energy. Same story, same gang, same everything. You know what I'm saying? So instead of it being a reboot, it was how I met your father. Yeah, I don't care about the Junior T-Birds. I want to know what's up with Kaniki. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like the idea of passing it on to maybe the next generation or something might have gone over better than the way they presented it. So... Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer was still a new name. Well, it's also one of those things, too, where it's like, this is one of the biggest things where you could tell it's a cash grab because John Travolta can sing, Olivia Newton-John can sing, everybody in that cast could sing and dance. And there's a reason why there's not a lot of singing and dancing in Greece, too, because people were not cast to sing and dance. They were cast to sell tickets. And off of a movie poster. And that's not to talk about anybody's acting talent. However, the acting I mean, Michelle, part... Michelle but, Pfeiffer went on to do a lot, so... I yeah, but how many musicals has she been in? How many musicals has she been in? Musicals? Was she in a musical? Grease 2. Oh, is that a musical? Because I don't exactly. remember all the singing and dancing. <laughs> no, thank you. You know what I'm saying? That's not touching so, the yeah, that, that is another yeah, one that that I know <laughs> falls into that category of strictly a cash grab. And I will I will respectfully agree. And I shall retire for the evening because I have some pasta with my name on it. Ty, I need to get you on therapy. We can talk about turtles if you want. Or oh, if there's absolutely. something else you care more about, we can talk I'm about gonna, that. I'm going to try to see if I can get in touch with Joseph Wood. We may bring Joseph Wood on for The Flash. Yeah, so yeah. Let's everybody do it. tag Joseph in this video so he can yeah. be on for The Flash. Joseph, we need you. All right, y'all. Peace. All right. Take care, All right, man. man. We'll holler. Um, Ty, we were talking about something a moment ago. We were talking about Arcane 
and how fans can really improve something. I'm going to bring a special guest on again tonight. He was here last week. We're going to bring him back. Mr. D&D himself, my friend, Jeff Miller. Jeff, there what's he going is. on, man? Hey, how's it going, y'all? Pretty good, man. Thanks going for well, being man. here. <clears throat> so we are currently I want to I want to circle back to a conversation we were having a moment ago and I swear to God I can't wait till I'm in an actual studio and I'm just like bringing folks on because I have a whole talk show that's called Grown A Geeks and what uh weigh in Wednesdays and Jeff we're gonna host our show on Sunday mornings we've talked about it let me know when you're ready bro um I know you got some groups going on and we just got to figure out a time that works for you. But if Sunday mornings work for you, I want to start our campaign. We'll get some, oh. we'll put it out to the group and figure out who wants to join in. We're not going to babysit. We're going to give them a day or so to figure it out. And first Sunday, we're going to do our zero campaign and we're going to roll it. Okay. All right. If, if you're with it, let me know. We'll make it happen. I will. Make yeah. I got to brush up on my discord though. Okay, you know what? I'm. I feel like this works. This okay. this program I'm using right now seems to work very well. We might just run it here. I can because I don't have to do live. I can record. I, okay, I, we'll, we'll talk later about it. But I yeah, want to. I want to make that move. All right. Since we're talking D and D, Ty brought up uh, Arcane earlier, and the conversation at the time was the difference in fans who actually know and appreciate and are able to develop and produce something quality versus people who go out just for the cash grab. It made me think of Vox Machina. I just watched that and I fucking loved it. Oh, it I've amazing. watched Vox Machina. Jeff has watched Vox Machina. Like four, three or four times now, all the way through. There is nothing but praise for that show. Let me tell you how effective this TV show was. I started following Critical Role and watching their old videos. Now, I, I do want to give a disclaimer for anybody that watches the first season. Those first couple episodes are rough. They have audio issues, video issues. That Those kind of stuff. first couple of episodes of their YouTube. Right. Uh, okay, Not the okay, first okay, couple okay. episodes of Vox Machina. Vox Machina no, no, is no, like no. pristine. Yes. yes. That is a no, I agree. That is that is platinum. That is triple <clears throat> S rated. Okay. But the, the source material, Critical Role Season One, that it comes from, that's where they were they had just decided it was like friends got together. They said, Hey, we're having a really cool campaign. We should broadcast this. And they recorded it in somebody's home. And so, like, I'd say the first three, four, five, six episodes, there's audio pop-ins and pop-outs, there's video drops, there's power loss, there's... But after that, it's, I mean, they get a hold of it, it smooths out, and then you watch the, the first season, and, I mean, it's intimidating, because for those, you look at the time, and it's like four hours. But it flies by when done. you're watching it. I have done like six hour streams. They were gaming streams, but I've done them. And I have to say that it's like sometimes when you are in the moment of doing something that you enjoy, the time really does pass. And if you can find a situation or a scenario where you can pick up on that, if I'm driving, 
that is a perfect time for me to listen to a particular podcast. I know I got an hour and a half drive or I got a two hour drive. I got an hour drive. I've gone through I've gone through so many books on Audible when I used to have to drive to Atlanta. I live in Covington, Georgia. When I had to drive to Atlanta every morning, sit in that traffic, that two hour commute to and from. I went through so many books. I was buying books because I was running through my credits. And don't let the four hours scare you. It's a lot of content. And for those people who are really interested in getting to know D&D, hearing a good story, a good campaign, that's something there. Uh, Jeff, Ty, you all talk. I got I to handle something. I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the okay. green room, but I'll be back. All right. We'll talk to you soon. So um, what did you think of Vox Machina, though? I fucking loved it. Like, we were actually just talking about Arcane and just how like beautiful this story was by fans set in this universe. And I I love playing D&D. So to have this show that really depicted it, like, there's plenty of times like, oh, they just rolled a one. That's beautiful how they portrayed that. I oh. thought the exact same thing. So I'm super excited. I... I feel like it was either produced or animated by the same people that were doing Invincible because it kind of had that vibe. It was by Titmouse, and they've done different things. I'd have to look. Uh, I'd have to Google what they've done, but they've done other big stuff. Yeah, but it, it so, reminded me a lot about Invincible, and I loved Invincible too. Yeah, I agree. Invincible surprised me with the emotional pulls that it had. Like I knew it was a superhero story, but it was I. I didn't know Are if I was even... expecting Justice League. I, I don't read the comics or anything. I just watched okay, the show, okay, okay. and I guess I went in thinking boys, but animated, and it it was it was gory and gruesome, but it was nothing like the boys. Yeah, wasn't it quite Justice League or Marvel either. It had its own flavor. The boys is very much satire. Whereas I feel like Invincible was just, a, it has more heart. Do you ever feel like the, the boys is, uh, did you ever watch Mystery Men back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, it's kind of funny you're mentioning that because like uh, Kel Mitchell's on there and we, we just recorded an episode. I'm doing a, a drunk Nickelodeon rewatch podcast and we just did an episode on Keenan and Kel and all that. And it made me think of Mystery Men, and it was that's a gem. That's like Shark, it is. That's like Sharknado before it was a thing. I can see that, yeah. So there's a couple out there like that, though. But yeah, Mystery Men always reminded me, or the boys always reminded me of that, but just on steroids. Like if Mystery Men had, had the budget they had, and it was a series. Because it was just all, so off the wall that I did not. I went into that movie thinking it was a superhero movie. I guess, I guess, because at the time when I went and saw it in the theater, it surprised mm -hmm. me. I went in with certain expectations about oh, there's superheroes and this, and it was it was left. It was more about the comedy and wasn't necessarily about their powers and that kind of thing. So the boys surprised me like that too. Because yeah, they they have powers, but this, there's a great story there. Jeffrey is, is chiming in, letting us know. Uh, Invincible and the boys are both satire, just from different perspectives. The boys from a person who hates superheroes, 
and invincible from a person who believes in them. And I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Because even with Invincible, with everything that happened, there was still that hope that ran through the whole series, like that untouchable hope that he had that things were going to be different. And then it got crushed. Oh, he's talking about Arcane. Yeah, I... Beyond Pixar, like, it's very hard to enjoy the 3D animation. So, like, there's the Dragon Prince on Netflix, which is done by the writer of After Last Airbender. And I love the story, but I could totally see how that animation was just kind of choppy almost. Yeah, it is weird. I watched a couple, and I couldn't really stick with it, so. Think, Tithe. (laughs) (laughs) I just came in on the comment about um, his, his, his hope being crushed on Invincible. That, uh, that that was, was a meme in and of itself. Name. Such a fantastic meme. Um, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Miller. Go ahead. Continue. No, um, actually, one of you were talking about well, uh, 3D animated ones. Did you ever watch uh, Starship Troopers animated ones? Oh, Those shit. were done a long yeah. time ago, and they look really good. I think it's uh, Starship Troopers Roughnecks. Used to come on like Sunday morning at six thirty, but they're animated. But they look amazing for the time frame they were produced in. So that was my first. Uh, that was before Pixar for me. That's what got me hooked. And then of course Toy Story and some of the other ones. Like I'm always in amazement. Jeffrey Taylor, I totally agree. Dragon Prince is fire, and it definitely did improve in season two as far as the animation. Wow, I can barely read those. I need glasses. Oh, so, well, if you go to the because there's like private chat and there's comments. <laughs> All star Smash Mouth, yeah. Oh no, I can see them. They're just tiny. I'm old. Hence the gray. Dragon Prince. Is so, yeah. Dragon Prince is good, but the animation to me, I don't know. It it had this slidey, slick feel to it that I just couldn't get with at the time that I originally watched it. I've tried to pick it back up here and there. Well, I, I agree with Jeffrey Taylor that season two is definitely much more improved as far as animation. But no, I've I've been super I think I think Jeffrey had a point that we now are having fans who are becoming the money people. And so they're willing to invest in products by fans because they're also fans themselves. And we're getting a surgence of just great content. Whereas otherwise it used to be a cash grab and it was awful. So Jeff uh, Miller, I'm going to share this for you just because uh, you mentioned it. I was able to find it and we can do this kind of stuff because technology is fantastic. Um, Let's see if I can bring this up and we will take a look at this. You mentioned the animation. So this is Roughnecks. Starship Troopers Chronicles, the TV series from 99 to 2000. And 99 to 2000. Okay, so, so we have to we have to go through the ad. We have to go right, through the commercial. Right, of course. <laughs> That's okay. We skipped the commercial. There we go. So this is Columbia TriStar. I remember them. So here's the animation. Unfortunately, you guys won't get audio, but you can look it up. You can Google search it. You can find it. And 
Wow. I remember watching this every Sunday morning. And you know what's funny? For the time period, this looks... Remember the TV show Reboot? That's what I was thinking. I was just about to say that. It has that same digital animation that I got from Reboot. And that, to me, is... um, I guess for me, the, the difference was always the... This was based on real people versus like reboot people had like purple skin, red hair, and like purple lips or green. I mean, they were they were in. Well, see, the funny thing is, reboot ran until like it ran until two thousand, and so I can't help but to wonder, given the time for this, if there's also available on VHS. Oh. DVD. <laughs> wow. This was, you know, 99, 2000, if you remember, is the switchover period. Yeah. We were all, oh, DVD. We have DVDs, of course, because, you know, VHS is so last century. Right. So I mean, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. And it's, it's one of those shows, like, yeah, Beast Wars. And that was another one that, that had was, that same that was, kind of that had digital good animation. liquid animation. And when I saw that trailer just now, that Roughneck Starship Trooper, that's that's kind of what comes to mind. And um, you know, I, I I certainly feel like the animation style of a of of a show, especially anything animated, obviously, the animation can it can actually turn you off, no matter how good the show is. The animation, if you're not prepared or you're not adjusted or if you just can't get around that. It can be a killer. And there's some crap that looks fantastic and has been watched because it looked so good. Um, uh, Scanner Darkly? <laughs> <laughs> Scanner Darkly. Every like when I've see, this goes back to like I used to be a manager at Blockbuster. Um, when I see a Scanner Darkly, that hybrid animating live action. When you take live action and you put the cartoon filter over it, um, the reboot of Netflix is very bad. Yes. Um, when you put that, that filter on top of live action, it, I can definitely say that that does not always work. And... Um, one of the things that really draws me in or out of a show is just how it looks. I got into Demon, uh, Demon Slayer. While Demon Slayer is a really good show, it's a fantastic show. There's a lot of emotion in the show. I'll have heart. to check that out. I don't know if I've seen that one yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Demon Slayer? Tanjiro Inosuke? Demon oh, Slayer? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. I was about... I was, I was saying like something in like the, the early 2000s, and I was like... Oh, like Demon Scroll. Yeah, so, okay, Ninja that's Scroll. what I was thinking of. Well, I know Ninja, Ninja Scroll, definitely. But like, yeah, when I, when I saw Demon Slayer, when I watched that, like, I was maybe two episodes in, and I was like, Oh my God, this looks so good. 
where you take something as good as One Piece is, it looks clowny. Yeah, that was hard for me to get in. And we're about to get a comment from Jeffrey about Samurai Jack. There it is. Uh, I fucking love that series, but I can totally understand that the animation just seems cartoonish. If you go to, is it is it Gindy Tartavosky? I can't I can't say his name. I don't want to butcher it. Gen- I apologize. Genity, Genity Tartavosky. Yeah, his show Primal. I was actually okay with Primal looking like that, but I completely agree that animation style killed Samurai Jack. That could have been a much better show if it had been drawn better. It was a great show, even drawn the way it was. So imagine if they had drawn that better. And it it's it's kind of like and honestly, there was a whole era of those shows on Cartoon Network at that time. Because what comes to mind immediately is like Dexter's Lab, Cow and Chicken, Samurai Jack, well, Powerpuff Girls. Well, I know he did Dexter's Laboratory and Samurai Jack, correct? Correct. And But he's not responsible for all of those shows, but the artistic requirement was lower. Uh, I'll offer a counterpoint on that. I think as time goes on, it's going to be almost iconic in its unique animation style. Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, Dexter's Laboratory, like they're just very few. Nothing more. That's 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 the only thing that's going to happen with Fairly Odd Parents is another one, I guess, that has a similar art style to me. Those have a very cartoony feel to it. Samurai Jack wasn't cartoony at all. It was a very no, it's gonna be more of an period. era of animation, and it, like they're gonna be like, oh, in and, the and early 2004 to 2009, these I shows. Agree. I agree, and and that is my point. I do say that it is certainly a, it's a it's an era thing, it's a period thing, because it wasn't like it was just one show that looked like that. All the shows on Cartoon Network at the time, kind of had that same. Look, even if you flip over from Cartoon Network and you go to other channels at the same time, you take something like a Jimmy Neutron, which was so futuristic in its design in comparison. But you can also look something like Avatar Last Airbender. Jeffrey actually brings us up. That comment will pop up. There it is. Uh, to do Avatar as an anime style makes it feel more classic than just like New Age. Like it holds up. Yeah. And, and I mean, I agree. All anime, like if if you take, so Netflix is 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 known for their original series and their production of stuff that they put out, and they've put out a couple of animes themselves. Some of the animes that they've put out have that classic look. And that classic feel, and they draw you in. Samurai Jack feels like Powerpuff Girls, but the story is serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it again. It was very simple drawings. It was like, it was like, Giddy himself was a writer, but did some quick storyboards, and they just animated the storyboards. Like they didn't come in with full animators to polish it. 
Yeah. They just went with a simple to the point kind of kind of look. And for the t- like I said, for the show primal, it fit. It works. It makes sense because of what the show was. It makes a lot of sense. But for Samurai Jack, and even when they came back and they did the reboot of Samurai Jack, now we've got the, you know, we've got the girls, the sisters, and all that type of stuff. We've got this whole other story and all this other stuff that's taking place. And now we're getting depth of character. Jack is like, to hell with this. We're about to do this thing. His hair is long. I was still kind of taken out of it because of the way it looked compared to what I was getting from the show. So there is there is absolutely a correlation between visual style and the animation. Okay, I everybody give it about two seconds. This comment that's popping up, like yes, the visual style has a direct effect on the impact of the show. Wow. And and it wasn't Phil Lamar's very monotonous voiceover. Because Phil Lamar is a hell of a, like, he's got the range. The seriousness of the character of Jack, who was trying to get home, and the character that he was playing and everything that he had to say. He was always serious, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I get why he sounds that way. That doesn't bother me. I'm good with that. I even get parts of how it looks the way it looks, but it takes away because that sword looks so campy and cheesy and corny. It looks like a 10-year-old drew it before he learned how to draw swords. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and present a question. I want to ask you guys, because uh, we're talking about how animation can pull you out of a really good story. But can good animation save a really bad story? Oh, yeah. Right? We'll, we'll take um, Netflix also did this. Was it Black Samurai? It was a story of the first Black Samurai. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, like that. the new one that was just out? Yeah. Like, I was super um, excited to watch it, and then it just went like, really weird. Mm-hmm. Totally did like a disservice. Because, uh, uh, yeah, Kusei, whatever his name is, I'm trying to remember, Yakun, uh, was based on a real person. And then they just kind of threw in this whole weird demon element that didn't really fit. And it was beautiful animation, but the story just did not save it. It was uh, the Yasuke. Um, I'll pull it up here in a second. But the... Yeah. Yasuke... The the African samurai. There was a, there was a whole show on on Netflix. It was a, it was a really good. That was a really good anime, and yeah. I think a lot of what helped that was um, Zvetlana. I want to I want to thank you for that comment. Um, I was not aware of that. Stating here that the animation style, the major okay. Japanese artwork, I did not know that. And maybe that explains, and maybe it's my lack of knowledge to be able to attach onto that. But is it your fault for not having that knowledge or their fault for Could thinking that we would? 
Right. Like, if, but even then, if they had told me that that's what they were doing, I got to watch some behind the scenes. Like, you can't tell me in the show that it's drawn like this because. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, like, you can't break the fourth wall like that in the show and make it make sense. Um, I think we lost Jeff, but he's okay. He's back in. Okay. There he is. Um, uh, yeah. I clicked something I shouldn't have. I'm sorry. <laughs> trying to click on a comment. It but looked no, like I, just, I went to like a, a Nintendo card. Like, I think what really helped this show, first of all, like, I am a big proponent of voice casting. Yeah. I like knowing who the voice actors and actresses are behind animated stuff, especially like animated movies, special series. And in some cases, you know that they picked this person because that's the hot celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Like where they say, he's so hot right now. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> Just because like that person is on fire, so they're going to be in this, they're going to be on that, and he's the new it guy and that kind of thing. So we're going to put him in this. He may have no experience with voice work, but you can only do so much. You you actually okay when you have to tell a story that's not revolving solely around action, when you have to try to portray emotion in animation that can be difficult and it is the job of the voice actor or actress to convey that emotion when animation can't always do that okay i can agree with that lakeith stanfield gave me the emotion i needed in this show He gave me that tortured soul who's really just trying to go about his day-to-day. And that was the best part of the show. The animation style wouldn't have really made a difference as much because it was such a good story. Because even now, we're all sitting here still talking about how good Samurai Jack is. We're not saying Samurai Jack was bad. We're just saying we wish that it looked better. That the animation deserved to be better for the quality of show that it was. If it had looked better, it would have been even more popular. And that's the importance of the visual. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree. I would be very curious to see a Shaka Zulu anime. I would, I would 100%. That would be amazing. Let's let's reach out to Milestone and see if they can get with DC and make that, make that pop. Cause that's, that's an idea right there. Cause that would be an anime. And, and is Shaka Zulu actually DC? Well, Shaka Zulu's not DC, but I feel like we could take Shaka Zulu and we could put that in under Milestone Entertainment, which is a property of DC and it would work because. Immediately it comes into mind to say, like, each of these, if we get Egypt, Hannibal, Shaka Zulu, all of that's going to fall to the same thing that we get with, like, Icon. Um, Cannibal. Ooh, I just blank. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Not Cannibal, Rocket. Static, right. Icon, Rocket, Static Shock. Static. Oh. We, put, we put that in the same wheelhouse and 
we can put the budget behind it because it's backed by DC and we go that route. And I think we would get something that would be good. But I think the reason the Black Samurai was such a unique story is because it is based on a true story. Because the stories of Egypt, because Hannibal, because Shaka Zulu, because those are also real stories, we can animate those stories as well. And it would, and I think it would be really good because if we go back to um, the, I want to say, I have to look back and see who produced it, but when they did the first Black Panther animated series that aired on BET, you can go back, you can find it. There's like six episodes, animated series. Like in the first episode, he's beating Captain America's ass. It's so great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw the clip. I haven't seen the actual series. And I have not actually heard of gorgeous. that. Yeah, that is like, and I'm trying to remember who produced it. I want to say maybe the Hudlin brothers might have produced it. Um, but that was supposed to be a whole big thing. And they only had one season and they could have done more because it had a unique look. Uh, let's see. Black Panther animated series. Let me make sure this is the right one. Uh, let me click on a video. And if that's it, then I will pull it up. Oh. But you've got 20 minutes of video. I can play, I can play this whole thing. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to play the whole thing. But um, we'll, we'll let that play in the background while we talk. But Y'all knew he, um, the creator of the X-Men cartoon, the 90s cartoon, Snuck a cameo of Black Panther in there. Did y'all know no, that? No, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he. I watched that watch. series backwards and forwards four or five times. Let me see. Do you remember I, which episode? I'm trying. It was one of those things that I I just saw this video of like, oh hey, uh, here's several instances where oh this is the vice scene. Okay, uh, there are some instances where they had cameos. So they had one with like Doctor Strange. They had one where you see Spider Man's arm. Like they weren't allowed to really showcase them, so he had to like sneak it in and little cameos, like Easter eggs. Well, I remember Doctor Strange. I vaguely remember Spider Man's arm, but I don't remember Black Panther. Huh. I, I'm I'm sure at this point somebody has posted the full Easter egg guide and you'd be able to like find it. And so when you talk about an animated design. This is a unique animation style. And I want to say that it's possible that because of this animation style, this takes me back to like Aeon Flux and, you know what I'm saying? Like those MTV late night, I shouldn't be watching this animation. And I'm just going to kind of skip through this because this is a 20 minute video. So we're not going to watch the whole thing. Okay. By the but, way, it's, it's Sanctuary Part 1 is the uh, episode. Sanctuary Part 1. Uh, if I'm not okay. mistaken, this is where Magneto is actually coming in to like pick up uh, mutants to go to Asteroid M. And so they have uh, just a quick kind of quick scene where you see Black Panther in the background. Hmm. So BET Networks, I want to see, see Marvel's Black Panther. Um, Reginald Hudlin, yep. So... Didn't want to click that. Uh, so I want to get to the fight here because yeah, it's amazing. 
So if I'm being completely honest, I didn't Sanctuary know this was part a show. One. I I saw this clip of him fighting Captain America, and I just thought it was like a fan made thing. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This should be a show, and it is. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to look this up because the so the animation style for this also semi reminds me of some of those historical reenactment cartoons that you watch. Like they have that gritty realism to right. them, right? So I, I think it lends that unique style to it because you almost feel like it really happened. Versus more a card, a more cartoony. This is definitely gritty. Yeah, I mean, and it's, and even this art style is, like, this would actually work. This almost seems like not cell shaded, but like still frame animation, paper puppet style. Right, like it, it's got that very three D effect. Yeah, just the way it looks kind of makes me. It, it it left me very intrigued and just wanting to know what am I watching, and this was this was a while ago, you know what I'm saying? This wasn't something that really we got a trailer commercial Star Wars. I'm gonna get some of that stuff. The new stuff. But um, bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean this was this was one of those things that like. The animation style alone has me curious and makes me want to like watch more just to kind of see what it is. And this this came out a while ago. You know what I'm saying? This is long before we had any of the MCU stuff. Um long before Oh, we had Blade. I guess we have we have to be fair and we have to admit that Blade is actually the first MCU movie. Yes. If they it now that they are now that they are knowingly bringing Blade into the MCU, that has to make the first Blade canon in which case Blade is part of the MCU. He started the MCU. It was not started by Iron Man, it was started by Blade. So, and and I'm curious with this whole Doctor Strange thing, just since we're there, which characters, depending on who ends up being on that council, mm -hmm. that's going to change canon for all of it. And this came out after Iron Man, but before Avengers. Yeah, this was this was like... This is what, 2012 or so? 2010, 2012, something like that. Well, so, Avengers came out in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Iron Man was in 2008. So, yeah. Well, if this came before Avengers, then it had to be. So, this is probably like 2010. I could literally look it up and I will do that in just a bit. <laughs> but, you well, know, I mean, you know. I see, we got to see. Right. This is what I was waiting on. So. Did you guys talk about um, Moon Knight at all? We have not covered Moon Knight. We have not covered Moon Knight, and we have not covered um, what you wanted to cover the other day, uh, um, Miss Marvel. Yes. Ooh. So I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, oh, oh my goodness. This council is going to be your Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Mephisto is going to be on the council. 
Finally. They do that. That's two for one. Finally. I unfortunately bought into the Mephisto. Uh, I was looking for signs everywhere when I was watching. So, yeah. It won't surprise me, but I think as far are. as the the council goes, it could be anything with the most. No, wait, did y'all see that? Because I don't think you that saw that. That kick was beautiful. Let me just I just want I just want everybody to see that one more time. How do you do a key up and a drop kick simultaneously? Did I skip it? I skipped it. I'm gonna go back because y'all gotta see that. My man came Boom. up with a whole drop kick. Like this is one of the best. So it's it's really one of those things, like for anybody who, who wants to like try to get on, like here's the feats. You know what I'm saying? Like if you need to see it, if you didn't know, take a look. It's there. It's out there. I'm going to be checking this out. I, I didn't know this was around. I've seen most, uh, if not all, of the DC and Marvel animated movies. Right. I'm right there with so. you. Man, that's bringing me back again. Just how if you have right people writing, like if you took the people of the DC animated movies and let them write the actual live action movies, DC would be doing great. Say less. Oh, I know. I agree. Marvel has some good animated movies, but they're nothing compared to how much success they've had with their real movies. Whereas DC, the only ones I enjoy are the animated movies. So there have been so many good ones that they've done. So many. So, yeah. And I mean, like this, this is a whole series. There's multiple episodes. There's a lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff you got to check out. Um, like I said, we're just going to kind of scrub through this. I wanted to get that fight scene up. But there's a lot of stuff. Check it out. You can find it. This is Marvel Knights Animation Blank Panther. Um, that's a thing. And it's there. Um, so, Ty. Yes. Jeff, first, let me ask you this. Jeff, have you seen the new trailer for Miss Marvel? Yes. Are you Not familiar with the character, Miss Marvel? Uh, a little bit. And I played the Marvel Avengers enough to know... That What's is my going on, at least. That is my experience with the character. So I don't want to sit here and try to pretend like I've picked up all her comic issues. I have digital downloads, so I did get them. I've read through many of them. Um, and I was really, you know, that was one of the few positives I had with the Marvel video game. Okay. The Kamala Khan, you know, the Kamala Khan angle, the the way they portrayed the character, the accuracy of the portrayal of many of the characters. That was a plus for me for the game. Might have been the only plus. If I was to say, why did I play that? I had to find something positive. I love what they did with Kamala Khan. Um, past that, there's a whole other, like, We've already done, we've already covered that. There's a whole episode of gag reviews on Marvel Avengers, so we're not going to do that here. Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Ty, what are your thoughts? I have a lot. <laughs> um, on one end, uh, 
for those if, if you watch the trailer uh her powers she's she's an inhuman in the comics right but in this they're showing her getting powers from her bracelets maybe like the the negaton bracelets or, or whatever it could be um so they change how she does her powers um so instead of just she embiggens um she kind of creates kind of like an energy field that she can either use to form a fist or a shield. Um, it was getting real uh, devil may cry vibes. Yeah. And, and so like, as far as the tone of the show, I think the tone is spot on and beautiful. And I'm excited about that. Um, I'm left confused at how they portrayed her powers because either a, they're trying to like, eh, we don't want to mess with humans. Or B, well, we're going to be bringing in Mister Fantastic. If you're Marvel, would you want to separate from Inhumans? I mean, after they that disaster movie slash TV show they tried to do, the Agents of Shield. Well, they have. Agents or are you talking of about Shield, the spinoff? And then they tried to do like an Inhuman spinoff. Yeah, the spinoff was horrible. So I didn't finish the spinoff. I did watch all of Agents of Shield though. Yeah, so the, but, the Inhuman spinoff was just such a travesty that I feel like they're just trying to avoid it. Because it's like, if I think about it, they have Mr. Fantastic that's coming out, who is going to have similar powers. Uh, they also are trying to come out with the X Men first. So I feel like trying to go Inhumans just kind of throws things off. So they just had to do something that would at least allow her to be with uh, Captain Marvel and, and Spectrum or Spectrum. Now, here's a question for you. Do you feel that not having the Inhumans in there, like like you said, it kind of muddies the water, like there's too much going on? Like Marvel has this plan of we're going to unveil this, then this, then this, and they want to keep, like- keep Inhumans for later? Or is it just they feel like it's too much too soon for the average person? I don't know. Because that's that's kind of what my question is. Because I don't know. Because from a fanboy standpoint, introduce it all. Let's Ooh, let's go here. Sam's let's go there. Let's have a spinoff. Sam's so I'll watch it all. Yeah. So here's the problem with that. It is one thing to go your MCU route, where you have built up this entire story that's being told over the course of 22 movies, and you are introducing information like the quantum realm where you only talk about the quantum realm in this movie, but then you bring it back up later on in this movie. It's a lot of like call back and answer. It's a lot of, well, call and response kind of things. And because of that, you have earned the right to do that. The problem that we have here is not so much one of give it all to me. It's how do you get people to understand it? You have to get them to go back and watch Inhumans to have a conversation about the Terrigen Mist. Yeah. Not necessarily. Agent, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. covered that. I didn't really watch Inhumans until later. But you still so have to watch if you look at the show that wasn't part of the general... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's still a question 
there there's an answer, but there's still truly a question among the people who watch it and the fans as to whether or not Agents of Shield is MCU canon. Yeah, I agree. There's a question as to whether or not the Netflix Marvel series is MCU canon. Well, they make it's reference Disney to Marvel the series now, right? Now, but the episodes that have been when it was on Netflix, they make direct reference to the Battle of New York. They make direct reference to people coming out of the sky with hammers. You know, they do all that illusion. They they hint towards things <clears> without <throat> saying things, almost like they didn't have the rights to say it. Because understand that Marvel Studios is different from Marvel. And when they make no. production and they do stuff, one hand doesn't always shake with the other. So when you introduce a character like Kamala Khan, you now have to like in a single show in so many episodes, you have to introduce the character, explain her powers, define how she got them, break down the Terrigen Mist, cover the Inhumans. You have to find a reason for her to be on the show, find her villain, give her her growth go through the entire hero's journey, which is going to be 10 episodes in and of itself. And you got to do all that. Or we make it a self-contained story that doesn't require integration to anything we don't want to rehash. It doesn't require integration to Inhumans. It doesn't require that you've watched all 22 movies in the MCU. We can tell a new story from here forward without having to do any backtracking. Because they know that they are moving forward and that we, they, we know it is not a question of if, it's just a question of when. We know that we're going to be getting the Fantastic Four eventually. But it didn't hurt the character in the comics because while her powers are similar to Reed Richards, they're not the same right. as Reed Richards. And the way she uses her powers, it's, it's enjoyable. And her flavor is different. It's different because it's genuine. She's a kid who can do this thing where you have <coughs> the world's smartest man who does things based on the theory of whether or not he could do them. You know what I'm saying? Like he does more than just stretch. That's his power, but there's so much more that goes into his ability to stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like his bones are damn near unbreakable. He doesn't take damage the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some other things and, and that's where you have to like almost you got to get your fanny pack and your flip-flops and pull out your ponytail to really appreciate it. But you get into like what the character of Reed Richards is and to say that Kamala Khan has the same powers, I'm looking at you like... Okay, that is a disturbance on my part. I recognize. But I, I try to make it a point not to get into that whole gatekeeping part because on the surface to the... And see, this is what we talk about on Therapy. They're not making Miss Marvel for me, the comic fan. They're making Miss Marvel for everybody to come and watch and buy Miss Marvel product. If she stretches, 
Did that guy from the Fantastic Four stretch? It is the same power. And the visual that most people are going to catch on, it's the same power. You're going to get that meme from the office. It's the same picture. You know what I'm saying? You can't get into the nuances of what Reed Richards is and what Kamala Khan is until you have them on the same page. And he's like, oh, you can stretch that as cute. Because when we get our Plastic Man movie, if DC ever gets off their ass and does it, right, we're going to see what stretching can do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so much more than like, oh, I can... It's like, literally, you can make any physical... Okay. Plastic uh, Man in DC's Deceased Comics. Most terrifying uh, thing ever. Uh, so I would almost argue that the, the physics behind DC and Marvel's stretching power are different, though, in general. It is, but and see, and that's one of those times where I appreciate the way they each did it because they gave us different perspective of the same thing. That is literally a two sides of the same coin. Giving us what Plastic Man can do versus what Reed Richards can do. This is when you have no filter, and this is when you are the world's smartest man. So my, my question still stands. With them changing how they are presenting her powers, do you think that is going to help or hurt? Like, is that, is that going to be a, a point of contention uh, for Vance? Because, like, I, I see where they're going, and I'm, as long as I stay true to her character, I'm going to be fine. Well, here's my one issue with it is that, all right, so they've decided to make her not inhuman. It's going to be her bracelets or it's going to be this electro energy she suddenly has. All right, five, ten years down the road, there's an inhuman series that actually does well, unlike the one that was on ABC. That then, like, cross canon to me, like, like she was an inhuman to begin with. Are they going to bring her back in? Are they going to... So you know, it makes me wonder, the question I have is, are they not planning on in introducing Inhumans for a while now? Well, if they're bringing in the X-Men, it doesn't make sense to bring in Inhumans as well. I feel like that's just going to confuse the average viewer. Uh, and, and it goes back to that average viewer part. I feel yeah. like doing this means that Inhumans, if ever, are at least five to ten years off. If not Movie-wise, series-wise, yeah, like so... That kind of hurts because there was some good stuff within humans. So here's here's what I will say: they can easily retcon as a, they release the Terrigen bomb and Terrigen mist. <clears throat> suddenly now, like she's in the cocoon and she comes out and she has her power. She doesn't need the bracelet. So when they can, they can make it work. Yeah, but, but in my opinion, it's either are, they're trying to are stay they going away. to go the route of. Thor, that he has the power that it's not the hammer. The hammer was the limiter. Something along those lines. That the bracelets are containing her power and giving her an opportunity to focus it until such time as she learns to control said power. All of Jean Grey and her mental shield. And, and we'll come to understand that she, she actually has the power herself. The power didn't come through the bracelets. That was just how she was able to initially manifest those powers it, okay. it's you could always retcon it it's it's a lot of different ways but the fact that it's like for me 
the big issue is that the idea of the Marvels is that she's like the ultimate fangirl. Yes. And in her world, because it's MCU, Captain Marvel exists. My fear is that they are making her too close to Captain Marvel and not close enough to her character. I can see how that would be a concern, but as a fan, you start off trying to be your hero, and then you realize you already are one, you don't have to. And I, I, the difference in her power set versus Embiggen, this this cosmic energy discharge kind of thing, because she like, threw up a shield and it was like but it's like she kind of held up her hand it's kind of like she's blocking but it's manifesting as energy because there's a point where she does like a fist and it's like in the shape of her fist right but it is a projection external right like it's an external projection of her energy as opposed to her because see I want to see the eight foot tall big fisted Kamala Khan and I feel like what we're going to get is um, oh, I had it. Sasuke's brother. Itachi. Um, we're going to get Itachi standing inside the samurai. Uh, Sasano. I, don't I felt like that. I got one for you, Sam. Are you feel like, all right, because the, the trailer had a very Spider-Man, but female vibe for me. But if they add the tech in, that's Iron Man as well. It's They're a precursor a to that. Because that's for Ironheart. They got Ironheart. Right. I was like, we, we know that Ironheart's coming. So the tech part, I think we're going to, we'll move away from that. Because well, if nothing else, when we get Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur, we'll get a lot of tech with that. And Well, here, we get here's my Moon thing, though, is... Is that they're doing it because that's what we're used to up to this point? Like with Iron Man and Oh, as the explanation. Right, yeah. They've just now really started to mess around with magic and the multiverse in the MCU. So this kind of gave me vibes of like ancient technology. They stick with certain themes. Tin rings. Uh, Yeah. I I think well, keep in mind that According to the MCU, Thor said, what you call science, we call magic. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... Wasn't it the opposite? He says what you call magic is just science to us. Well, yeah. But I mean, it's like ultimately yeah. the idea being that there's really not a difference what one person calls it, how one person views it, how one person sees it, ultimately, because as you just pointed out, Ty, the Ten Rings, getting a lot of, like, Eternals vibes from that. You know what I'm saying? And... It's theorized that it's Kree, actually. Yeah. Which, and well, if we go to the Deviants and all the different species and the breakdown... You go down like one or two steps, and that's where you get the creek. So, doesn't seem like it's too far off. Um, there's an image I want to share. I'm waiting for it to 
pull up here. I've been trying to get it cued just right. Um, one of the one of the shows that I watch, one of the guys I watch, he he does really good like breakdown and this and that. Who do you enjoy um, watching? This is uh, Screen Crush with Ryan Airy. I haven't seen that one yet. I'm a I'm a big fan. I I love Screen Crush. I used he to is- do uh, Dope Spill Comics or um, Comics Explained with Rob. Yeah. Now I'm a, I'm I'm a big fan of Comics Explained. Anytime I need to catch up and know the story of something. Um, but I went through the breakdown trailer here and I wanted to pull this up because there were two things I wanted to show. And it's like, this is one. Yeah. And that one, it's, it looked like she was in Biggin. It's going to be an extension, but see here where we have those external versions and it could even go as far as to say, here's the other thing there. Um, I haven't big yet. I could I could go and say and sit and see how her being a fangirl, maybe she is simply she's empowered in a way where she is basically <laughs> Marvel's version of a Green Lantern. And if she can think about it, she can will it into being. Which is not the character, no. and that's what. And seeing that's where the problem comes from, because as they just showed, and that was kind of why I wanted to show that one part. Like her interactions, the things she does, and that's Ryan Airy, so screen crush. But like here, you see that power comes out of her. That right there, where. See, we've seen that where you have the little stepping stones and whatnot. And so it's like you take that and you add in the focus point of having the bracelets and the bracelets being the part that um, she uses to focus. If she's done her homework and research and she knows. You see right there how her hands are here and that is separate from her. That's not her being big that's her pushing out some sort of power a la captain marvel and again if it's just something like captain marvel couldn't do that shit though captain marvel couldn't do that but captain marvel glows the same way and if captain marvel is her hero and she's the fangirl we expect her to be she would think like what would captain marvel do what and even like the jumping and creating the little steps for herself. She's heard tell and she's researched and she tried to find out about the battle of New York and anybody who had a story to tell about it. And she's doing the things that she's heard heroes can do or doing the things that she's read that heroes can do. You know what I'm saying? Cause we, we basically have Kate Bishop who saw a guy with a bow and arrow fighting at the battle of New York. And she decided like, Oh, I'm going to do that. And she became the next Hawkeye as a result. So if you take the world's biggest fangirl who has a power in her, she ends up manifesting the power in a variety of different ways that she didn't even know she could because it's there. My problem with that is let her be embiggened. Let her be stretchy. Go with the Terrigen Mist. 
take a couple episodes to break it down. I mean, granted, yeah, it's called the show's called Miss Marvel. We got to have a superhero by like three episodes in, or it ain't gonna work. But I I feel that it's gonna be a problem. Well, let me say this. It's going to be a problem with the fans, but that does not mean there won't be people who are fans of the show. Okay. I think it's going to be a problem with people who are familiar with the character. There's going to be some initial pushback and disappointment. And that first one or two times we see her powers on screen, people are going to get pissed about it. And they're going to like, oh, this is not this is not Kamala Khan. And, blah, blah, blah. and by the end of the series, we're going to be like, you know what? But I'm okay with it. Because that was actually a good show. Yeah, that's that's my hope is that the character stays the same, and just overall, it's a great show. That's my hope. Same. I, just... I, I could, just I could definitely where her powers come from rather than her character. Yeah, and I can, and and that is that is where we talk about. I'm not going to act like I didn't watch Civil War and enjoy that. So I can yeah. deal with some comic liberties. Because yeah, 10 I mean, people that's... fighting at the airport parking lot is not Civil War. <laughs> there was about eight, they were about 80 people short. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had no Luke Cage in there because that's a whole story by itself. Yeah. Captain America ain't get shot. Whole story by itself. We ain't get none of, we ain't get, um, was not, who was it that blew up? Cannonball? I don't uh, remember. Speedball. So Speedball. Like, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have none of that. We'd have Nitro who exploded. Nitro. That's who exploded. You know what I'm saying? And it was Speedball who was chasing Nitro, caught yeah. him, and he was like, you're out of your leagues, little girl. And so. Oh, yeah. Superhuman Registration Act versus Sokovia Accords. Stop. Stop. That is that's where we're like, no, these pictures are not the same. I'm gonna hit you with the Kiki Palmer. Mm, I have to say sorry to this man. I don't know this man. What is what is this? <laughs> this is not civil war. But I'm, I'm fine with their liberties as long as they stay true to the core. If I get the same feeling from the character, if I believe that she is trying to a coming of age story with superpowers. Yeah. That's what I'm expecting. So, uh, Todd, did you watch uh, any of the original Critical Role? No, I had not. Okay. All right. No, I'm just, it made me think back to our original kind of like Vox Machina achieved staying true to the spirit of the Critical Role season. Yeah. It might be extremely streamlined to fit in 12 episodes, but right. they did a really good job of capturing the essence of those characters. And I think that's key for a lot of things that come with animation and same comic. Yeah. It, they have to capture the same vibe or the essence uh, or it's not going to work. I mean, anytime you take an established property and you try to move it into a new genre or not not even genre but you try to you try, try to change the character to fit if the you story. try to move it to a new medium because we have an established character in this comic book but when you try to go from this comic book to this live action you have to change some things because it has to make sense 
you don't get to have the same you don't get to use your freedom to disrespect the it's character. the difference between Bugs Bunny and Rugrats where are you going with this yeah when you have a char- when you have characters like Bugs Bunny Bugs Bunny can and have a mallet. Okay. We know what that is when we sit down to watch Bugs Bunny. Because first of all, let's start with the fact that we're talking about a talking rabbit. Okay. I'm following you so far. I'm I'm trying to see where Rugrats comes in. We're already outside of the wheelhouse of what is supposed to happen. Okay. When you have a comic book, your comic book is your Bugs Bunny. You can do pretty much whatever in a comic book because it's drawn and we we go into it thinking it's just a comic book. It's pictures. It's colorful. It's pretty. Uh, It's a comic book. The moment you do live action is Rugrats. Now we're trying to see it from the perspective of how babies see it, but they're human babies. Okay. So Tommy Pickles can't just reach back here and pull out a ballot. We're not going to accept that. Okay, so it's just based in reality. That, okay. That's Le- the the level of realism. The, now, Rugrats is still a cartoon because we are watching these babies go to try to find Riptar and have crawled a hundred miles on a, you know what I'm saying? Like it's still you a have the dad who's emotionally absent. I mean, it's very real. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain level of fantasy that exists even in Rugrats, because I've watched babies sit and talk to one another. Not once did I think that they were like plotting to get out of the cage that you know the little uh baby gate they're not hiding a screwdriver you know what i'm saying so rugrats is still a cartoon but the requirement the level of believability required for rugrats is totally different than the level of believability required for bugs bunny the level of like and i'm trying to think of a way to say like the suspension of disbelief required for a comic book is not the same as what's required for live action. Okay. Or even animated. Or even animated. And that's three separate categories of disbelief. And that's where we get these changes. That's where we get these tweaks. That's why Kamala Khan's powers have to change because Inhumans happen, but we want to pretend like it didn't happen, so we're not going to talk about Terrigen Mist at all. No, I, I, I understand. I understand. I, there are many reasons they could change the powers. My, my question was, is that going to affect how you enjoy the show? Like, for I, me, if I they hope, keep all the same, I'm probably going to be fine. I will say that I will have to see more examples of her powers. 
how they work before I can say that I can enjoy it. But I will also say that I'm a person who is very forgiving because I understand the difference between a comic, a TV show, a movie, a book. I understand the difference that's there. How much disbelief is required for this? So you get these people who are like, they go to watch a movie and the first thing is like, look, I mean, this was garbage. This was trash. I couldn't even get into it. Like, did you know what you were going to watch? I'm just, just, I just want to know, did you know what you were going to watch? If you went in thinking you were going to see any kind of Oscar performance, it was a comic book movie. What type of Oscar? Oscars are going to be sound, visual effects, costumes. Nobody, Robert Downey Jr. is not getting an, getting an Oscar for his performance as Iron Man. No, because you have people who did real acting in real movies over here. And it's because of that that I can sit and watch some of the garbage that Denisha has me watch and find something in it that I like. So, no, I'm not I'm 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 probably not going to dislike it because of her powers. That will be just a drop in the bucket. That's fair. But the fan in me is very disappointed that they couldn't just give me the character. That there was even a need for the change. You and could have taken episode one and two, done the whole Terrigen Mist background, put it in, knocked it out. I'm I'm a comic, I'm a comic movie person. Like, and most people who are gonna watch this show are. So you get in, you get out, you knock it out, you explain it, and you keep it moving. You don't have to dwell on it. You don't have to stay on it. If nothing else, we know Inhumans exists. It wasn't good, but it's there. And because it's there and it already exists, you don't have to stay with it. That's that's my that's my. And if I do anything more than that, I start gatekeeping, so I have to back out. <laughs> no, because, I mean, I, I at least agree with you because as a casual fan, someone that doesn't know about much about her, if they did the Inhumans Terrigen Mist correctly, it would make me Google her or it made me look up the comics. It would make me more interested in her as a character. And then you start, you know, on you run a special for her first five comics or whatever for so much. I'm probably going to buy it as a casual you fan. Put a reprint out. Exactly. You put a reprint because ultimately it's all about merchandising. At some point, everything comes down yeah. to that dollar. And you do this, you talk about the Terrigen Mist. Now maybe you get some more sales of your Inhumans. Then maybe you get people to go back and find the series and watch it and you start being able to like get that circulated. Maybe it gets a cult following as a soul. Because let me tell you something. Although it wasn't a great show, it had a great depiction of the powers. I will say that. They really gave you a concept of Black Bolt's power. And that's a really hard thing to imagine that somebody whispers in the whole, like, seeing that was like, that's the first time I've like 
truly grasped what that must be like. You know what I'm saying? And I was very impressed with that. So there's definitely a way to do it, incorporate it, bring it back around. And you take this thing to fix that thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, that could have been better. It could have been. I agree. But especially with them trying to bring the X-Men out so soon, I feel like that's just going to cause a lot of confusion for the average watcher. What's what's they're just going to mutant in an inhuman? So that caused a lot of confusion for the advanced watcher. <laughs> Somebody could be they could have watched every one of the Marvel movies. They could have watched every one of the Fox X-Men. They could have if they're not sitting down reading comics. They're not getting that answer. That was me. No, that, that was me. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you're until not agents of Shield in, introduced in humans, I was like, "What? Are, what is that?" I had to look it up. And I and again, it is it is a question of what's the difference. It is a question of why is this person that, but that person that, and what is the difference between these two? Who's better? Who's worse? Who's stronger? You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's there's a lot of things, but then you also have questions of like. It's it. I think that falls into the same category as what does the word metahuman mean? And and of course that's just like that's a DC thing in comparison, but you have sorcerers, you have demigods, you have aliens, then you have metahumans, and basically, metahuman is anybody with powers. Anybody with powers, if they look human and they have powers. They're a metahuman because they haven't properly explained what a metahuman is. Is a metahuman created? Are they born? Somebody who's more than human. See, that's why they need a static shot. You are a bang baby or you are not. And see, and even that was one of those things where like they had a clear definition of what created this. And so it's like we have to see the series to say for sure. We, yeah. it, it's it's not fair to pass judgment until we've seen an episode because we've all been disappointed and we've all been shocked by watching a trailer. A trailer is just to do this, to make a conversation and get you interested and draw you in one way or the other. I think that's it. All right. Well, we'll save Moon Knight for next week then. We will save Moon Knight. Um, when does Moon Knight premiere? Because we, we may actually... We may actually have to do next week just so we can get it in beforehand. Yeah, Wednesday the thirtieth, I believe. Ooh, that's Wednesday the thirtieth that we have to do that. We may have to do that before the episode. We might do a special March thirtieth, twenty twenty two. So, um, so then yeah. do we want to do a? away in Wednesday on that Wednesday to talk about the first episode or do I want to do it on Tuesday to talk about the hype and get people ready? You know what? I am good with doing away in Wednesday. We'll post the spoiler warning in the tag and we will try to keep it spoiler free, but I think way in Wednesday after the episode. Okay. So we, we may come in a little later. What time will that air? That'll probably air like, that morning so everybody should be able to have it watched by we'll we'll shoot for nine o'clock i like nine o'clock as a time um 
yeah, I'm I'm with it. So we'll we'll try to come back and do weigh in Wednesday next week at nine, ready to talk some Moon Knight, and uh, we'll have that first episode in to let us know if our expectations were met, surpassed, not met. Um, <laughs> damn it, Ty! Now you got me excited. We a week out. I'm just like, ooh. Because it's crazy because that actually goes against our own rules as far as spoiler. If it mm. premieres on that Wednesday. Actually, you know what? That's a TV show. I may have to go back and reread my own rules. I want to say 24 hours of TV show. That would be same day. We may have to do spoiler free. We may have to do spoiler free. And we can. Like, we can literally just talk about it. Like, dude, like, this is what I loved. Like, I fucking loved it. I wish yeah. I could have done something differently. Oh, I, I have to do spoiler free reviews all the time. All the time, so not not just the ones that are on our YouTube channel, <laughs> um, but I always have people come up to me and ask me like, "Oh, did you watch that?" So I mean, yeah, I'm totally good to do a spoiler free. Hey, Jeff, I want to thank you for hopping on tonight, man. I really appreciate it. You've been you've been a wonderful moderator. The time that you've come in, everything has been great. Ty, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, when is your next episode of Whiskalodi? Uh Second episode actually dropped Tuesday. So we got two episodes out now. Two episodes out now. All right. Put a single post in the group. I will pin it. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward. I want to check that out again. Um, Whiskalodian, where we apparently sit back, watch old Nickelodeon shows, and have some drinks. Mm. I look forward to being on an episode of that because that's two things I like to do. Watch um, cartoons. Spoiler alerts. Uh, we're recording this Sunday. It'll probably be the eighth episode, but we are covering Good Burger. I'm sure I could get something to mix with my orange soda. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because the cocktail I'm making is a uh, an orange spiced highball. So it's like whiskey, uh, and then like um, I'm making a orange cinnamon. Uh, carbonated drink to go with it and they just make a little mm. whiskey highball out of that interesting that sounds like that is right in my wheelhouse right there that is <laughs> that is very much my kind of show so yeah whiskalodian check that out um jeff and i are going to hammer out the details on our gag D, but we're going to be doing something real soon He's he's getting himself set up there. I love the background. I love the I love the Try. whole series there. Check them out. That, that's what I'm talking about. People, they came in, they came prepared, they ready to play. We're not playing with y'all. Grown A geeks doing that thing this year. Um, we want to thank everybody who made it through the three hour mark to this point. This was our live show. This was our weigh in Wednesdays. Uh, check us out on Wednesdays. I think I'm going to try to keep around the eight o'clock, nine o'clock hour. Um, so we can run it a little long. Give us some time. Uh, we had a couple of admins on tonight and we open it up to those of you who join us and watch us and see the things we have to say. I want to thank everybody for the comments and everything they had to say tonight. Be sure to check our merch page coming up because I am going to be running a big sale. If you don't have cool merch, you will be able to get cool merch here very soon because I'm going to put everything at like cost just so everybody can have their own <laughs> grown a geek shirt. And I want to make it because I really just want to, you know, rep the brand more so than make money. It was never about making money. It was about having some cool stuff out there. So we thank you guys for Ty, for Jeff, for myself, for Jeff Miller, 
um, who's here, who for Jeff Taylor, for Jeffrey Taylor, who was here earlier, for Denisia, who was here earlier, for all the admins and the staff and everybody. We want to thank you for watching. We hope you've enjoyed it. We are Grown A Geeks, and we are out of here. Peace.